Welcome to the One One. I am BJ Ryan. Episode seventy four is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. The Perth racing guru Terry Layton is absent from this week's episode. So joining me on your West Australian Racing podcast is McCormick and Son bookmakers Pete McCormick, Scotty McCormick. Welcome back to the One One, fellas. Hello, BJ. How are you going? Pleasure to be here, BJ. Thanks for um, joining me today in uh, in Terry's absence and. Um, it's quite timely. We've got quite a few interesting things to talk about, whether it's the, um, especially the the recent announcements from uh, Betfair in regards to commission, as well as a, an email that we received just before we came on air, which we'll be discussing shortly as well. But um, Pete, you've been a book, you, bookmaker for a long time and Scott, you've been um, clerking for Pete as well. But now uh, in, uh, in 2021, you guys have decided to join forces and, and be a combination. How's uh, how's the uh, opening few weeks gone for McCormick and Sons? Um, yeah, it's been a um, bit of a up and down start, I'd say. Pretty um, slow to start off with. It's a lot different to what it was. I remember clerking my dad, what, four or five years ago and things like that, just a lot less money, but really enjoying being partnered up with, with the old man now, um, something I've been wanting to do for a long time, so it's good to finally do it. Pete, what's what's the what's what's the health of the ring looking like these days, and and what are some some of the things that you think we can do to spruce things up a bit? The health of the ring, well, in all honesty, I'd have to mm-hmm. describe it as on life support at the moment. Probably, yeah. um, it is a tough environment, a really tough environment at the minute. Um, what the answers are, I'm not sure. Um, we need to somehow try and increase on course patronage. And for us as on-course bookmakers relying on, on cash punters, um, somehow we need to try and reinvigorate that because at the moment we're heading one way and that's, uh, that's not the good way. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the answers are, but we've just re-entered that environment. We'll take it as it is and we'll try and graft out a living if we can. Cool. So some people will wonder, considering um, the, the state of play in West Australian racing, why you guys have decided to get back in there and have another go. And that's probably a very fair question, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably um, wondering the same thing. <laughs> you know, there's probably not many biz- business models that would suggest that it's a lucrative idea to do so, and certainly lucrative is not a word that you could use uh, in, <laughs> in, in part balance with that. But um, I'm back because I want to be back. Yep. Um, I got out because I was very, very frustrated, uh, but I kind of decided I wanted to go away and do something completely different, and I went very close to doing that, and then I did. I got to the 11th hour of that and then decided, hang on a minute, that's not the path I want to go down. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I enjoy going to the races. I enjoy being on course. So it's more of a lifestyle decision for me now, not a financial decision so much. Um, it is an incentive for me to have Scott alongside me. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And um, hopefully together we can uh, we can graft out some sort of, a, of an income from it. Okay. So what is the what is the plan from McCormick and Sons? Is it... Uh, where will you be fielding? Um, is there certain tracks that you'll definitely be at? Uh, you know, and I, th- I suppose people will know whether they can bet with you guys online or over the phone. Like, and how, how can they get set or is it all on course? Okay, in terms of where we're going to field, my look, this can evolve as we go along, yep, for sure. But uh, my initial modus operandi, if you like, is to, is to play the face to face customers on course. Um, 
when I was out for that year, I did a bit of work for Steve Mills just as agent. And so I was going to tracks like Pinjarra over the, over the Christmas New Year period and was really encouraged by the on-course patronage there and quite a vibrant betting ring. I thought, hey, I've got a bit to give here, yet I'm really enjoying this. So it was in that environment that I guess was the catalyst for me to come back and resume bookmaking. Now that I've come back and um, those Pinjarra meetings are over, we're back in the, on, a, on a very quiet Wednesday at, at Belmont. I'm, I'm, oh, Ascot, I'm starting to, to question there how intelligent that, that decision was. But um, I guess I want to field at the country meetings and, and target the country cup meetings because those are those vibrant kind of meetings that, that there is a good earn there still for a bookmaker. We're probably coming in at the wrong time of year. Um, October through to April is probably a great time to be doing those meetings. So you've got places like Geraldton, Albany, Bunbury, Pinjarra, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of meetings that you can focus on, whereas from now the the, the country uh, circuit at least goes north mm-hmm. where we won't be fielding. So uh, there's very little for us at the moment. It'd be midweek, Belmont, Saturday, Belmont, maybe Thursday, Northern, if it's viable. We'll suck it and see. It's going to be very bearish. Um, but certainly we'll do with any feature meetings at Northern and the Northern Cup. Um, Kalgoorlie will be coming up in September, October. That'll be a bit of fun and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll probably target that as well. So do you think bookmaking helps your punting? I don't know. Uh, what I can tell you is that I can make money bookmaking. I struggle to make money punting. Right. Perfectly. Yeah. So um, I've always made made money and certainly I've always made money playing the face-to-face customers on course and particularly at those companies. So, yeah. How have you found the, the new venture, Scotty? Um, yeah, well, enjoying it so far. Same with, um, well, you asked about the punting side of things there, but I found a lot of the time, especially on my prices, that I'd be getting a lot of the favourites beaten on my prices that I didn't like but I would be missing the winner. Mm. So I'd be having a wipeout or a loss on the race, but kind of getting it right in the way that I've got like the favourite beaten the same sense. So I'm kind of enjoying um, being back in the bookmaking side of things in that way, even though a lot of the results at the moment haven't necessarily been going our way and it's been tough with um, turnover and also now the COVID lockdown um, kind of thing. But um, because it has been a while since I've been fully kind of involved with it, mm. I've been travelling a lot the last four or five years and everything so it's good just to be able to be back in um back in the ring and finding my feet again with all of it and um hopefully yeah we can yeah i imagine it'll be a unreal learning experience too for a, for a young guy i know you've been you've done many clocked many hours in the ring already but just to have that um skin in the game now as uh with your name on the door so yeah, to speak yeah. you know and it must be uh you must be picking up lots of different things along the way. What I what I think some of the listeners would like to know, um, Pete, you've been on several times and we've discussed your index cards and your your uh, Don Scott methodology of um, doing form and markets. And Scott has a similar practice, I believe, just just some slight differences. We spoke about this a little off air. When you are setting your markets for a Saturday meeting, for argument's sake, I imagine you both do. Uh, a set each of your um, of your uh, lay prices or, or whatever you guys want to call it or your markets that you want to put up. How do you come to that common ground as to whose markets goes up where? Yeah, we set a game plan pretty much straight away because um, I was quite conscious that, and I've tried to do it before, you can't have two opinions on a, on a given race. You can only have your own opinion. And even though we do things similarly and we do agree quite often, Sometimes we, we vary quite a lot as well. And so you can't try and fit two different opinions into one market. So 
we um, we draw lots on races. So I'll field a race and then Scott will field another race. So we virtually do half the races each. And uh, that's kind of how we come around that. So we're conscious of the other person's um, opinion on a race. So if, if they wanted to keep a particular horse, I guess we don't go full out trying to lay that one first. Um, but we do just do our own races to our own opinion. And um, uh, we're both fairly competitive. So we actually keep a little league table between us. So in terms of the races we field, uh, keep a record of turnover, payout, uh, profit or loss, and, and, and profit on turnover as well. So uh, we can keep each other honest that way as well. Okay. So whose uh, idea was it to lay Maricino last Saturday? Was that you, Scotty? Uh, well, we'll say both of us because <laughs> this is where our, um, our form and prices kind of match up a little bit. Yeah. So it must have just been the way that our yeah figures lined up because I – didn't have it close to the winner. I think I had it $20 in a 120% market. Yeah. So I was very wrong. I think we're both very wrong in, in that sense. So We're both very wrong. Um, <laughs> um, Spotty's being a little bit kind to me. Uh, we both agreed, I guess, in that regard, but uh, it wasn't a McCormack making decision. To let <laughs> it was a, unfortunately, it was a Peter McCormack decision and uh, I'm fully 100% financially responsible for that so, one. So, so people would have uh, saw your... Um, hopefully you follow Pete and Scotty on Twitter and anything that you guys tag us in, we share via the one one Twitter. And lots of our listeners would have would have seen Pete's tweet about the four forty. I think Maricino on Betfair was that right? Was yeah, four forty, which um, I didn't think was. Good. I got two things wrong. I got the the ratings on the race wrong, and I got the market wrong as well. I thought so, the market would move out towards that, and even when I laid the four forty on Betfair. There was some 420 available with uh, Top Sport and on, on Best Bookies as well. So yep. it wasn't huge overs that I, well, in my mind, it wasn't huge overs that I put up at the time. I was, the most surprising thing on the race, apart from Maricino winning, was was the the firm on Maricino went to a starting price of 281, I think yep. it was, on Betfair. Yep. That, was, that really did surprise me. So people will see the tweet and they will see the result and they will sort of be, you know, have their own views as to, as to how you came about that. And we all get uh, uh, races and horses wrong and right 100 times a week. Can you just explain to the listeners exactly how, what your thought process was when you were when you guys were analysing the Diggers' Cup last Saturday? Because it, it threw up a couple of interesting um, – the quality handicap conditions threw up a couple of interesting vari- variables, didn't it? Because – Come play with me and trap for fools were 62 kilos when they should have should have got more. Did the quality handicap and the maximum top weight did that impact your ratings at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was the main yeah the main thing. And um, I, I one thing I will stand by on it was that um, I did tweet that uh, Marachina was poorly weighted in the race, yeah. and that's not an opinion. That is that is fact based on ratings. It was poorly rated based on ratings comparatively comparatively yeah, with yeah. those horses at the top of the yeah. Race. Yep. What uh, the mistake I made, and it was a big mistake, was I underrated very much so Marachino and its progressiveness. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, every time coming through an Albany Cup, and that was was not a strong addition, take Marachino out. That was a particularly weak addition, I thought, of the, the Albany Cup. Um, it's probably going to find. Was it Brutus, Brutus Maximus, Brutus so Maximus, schmick, yeah. and uh, Screaming Blue or something? Were we second, third, and fourth? And yeah, they would have been, all would have been 101 in the uh, Diggers Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Marachino is normally the type of horse I try and isolate. It's the young, progressive, up-and-coming horse, mm. and they're the sort of horses we should be looking for. Pike on. <laughs> yeah. Pike on, and we can get to that in a moment. Perfect draw. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you've got the quality horses up the top who've been there and done it, but they're probably regressing as well. But when I actually did the the race post afterwards, I really realised I made one big mistake, and that was I got Maricino wrong. To be fair, Trap for Fools and Come Play With Me probably rated around about where I expected them to, to be honest. What I didn't expect was, for me, what was a four and a half, five kilo improvement from Maricino on anything that I had. Now, he probably ran better in the Albany Cup than I actually gave it credit for because I don't rate that race particularly strongly. Mm. But really, the single and, and biggest mistake I made was, was Maricino. The other was Pike. Pike's ride was, was brilliant. <laughs> he came out there with one in 10, and that was, I'm going to get into the 1-1. One, one. The 1-1. One, one, and yep. he fired that horse into the 1-1, one, one, mm. and after 150 metres, I was kind of, well, I what were you thinking? <laughs> I didn't anticipate that quite happening. And, and she had just, it makes you question the other jockeys a little bit. I think they come out and if you ask them pre-race, what are you going to do in the race? And I think, oh, I'll let my horse find its feet and where we are is where we are. And Pike went, had one ambition. I'm going to take that one one because in that race you had the leader, uh, that's funny as, you had Cockney Crew and you had Trap Fools. There were three who would probably all prefer to be leading, leading on their own, but mm-hmm. you had those three leaders. So you can have one in front. One outside it and one behind it. The one one's there for the taking, and mm. Pike knew it. Yeah, and he just fired it straight there. And once it, it was on, I got in the tread in the one one. It was uh, it was going to be a, a tough a tough read from there. Nothing actually, was running it down either. No, actually, it was the, the two top weights ran super, um, considering. But, oh, well, but they, yeah, ran, but, they ran to expectation yeah. as far as I was. But mm. Maricino ran didn't run out of its skin. I think it's just progressive, and I wasn't attuned to how progressive the horse was. Okay. So, yeah, then Pikey just uh, rinse and repeat in the last one, Saturday with, uh, exactly. with Tim Snip. As well. Straight into the one where he had the, the draw one. again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the draw, yeah. But he seems to be more determined about taking up these positions than perhaps some other jockeys are, Yeah, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, again, I, I talk about this a lot on this show. I, I, I believe that he knows most of the other jockeys better than they know themselves. So he instinctively knows what other riders are going to, are going to do. Um, he also has a game plan. I think. It, yeah, 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 he has a really yeah. rigid game plan in his mind, and he and he acts on it. Whereas all the other jockeys just are reactive rather than proactive. Mm. I guess that's what I'm saying. He's very proactive in the way that he rides, and a lot of other jockeys are reactive. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't always get it right, but no one does. But he gets it right more more often than not. Oh, far more. Does. You know, <laughs> he, I often watch him, and he puts his horse in the worst possible position sometimes yep. because he knows that he can get out of it. You know, yep. fall back defence. It doesn't concern him at all. Exactly. Yeah. He he he. But he and also I think the competitive one competitive advantage he has is that even if it doesn't, if the run doesn't come and he gets beat. There's no real consequences for him, do you know what I mean? Whereas for other other jobs, because it happens so rarely, he, yeah. he gets mm. himself out of those positions as a matter of course. He's yeah. better than anyone else at doing it. And you know, if he had a ridden Mask Crusader, perhaps in the East, that his last couple of starts, it might have been a different story as well. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? And speaking of of Pikey, he is a man in demand at the moment, isn't he? He rode at Ascot yesterday, and now he, despite the Everything that's happening in um, West Australia with our COVID restrictions, he has got a sought and been granted approval to ride at uh, the big um, Morphville meeting on Saturday, and he's got eight eight rides out of the nine races. So he's um, he's off to South Australia, Adelaide, where he ride at Morphville on Saturday, and then he's back to ride Northern Sprint Day on Sunday. So um, busy man, and uh, he's definitely making the most of his opportunities at the moment. He's the wizard. So best of luck to Sir William. Uh, he's got a ride in, I think it's a couple of group ones on over there um, on Saturday as well in Adelaide. So we'll see how he goes. No doubt everyone will be tuning in and cheering him on. Um, 
what a, what a great, just touching on some WA racing news, what a great sight it was yesterday to see young apprentice Jet Stanley. He booted home his first winner, uh, Boyd Travello at Ascot for his um, for his current bosses. Anyway, Grant and Lyle and Williams. And uh, the scenes post-race in the mounting yard and the, the footage that um, and the photos that we got to got to see on social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram last night was incredible and such a positive thing for West Australian racing. What did you think about Jet's ride and the aftermath, Scotty? Oh, it's just you love to see that kind of stuff, isn't it? It's what racing is about. It shows um, just how great an industry it can be because to see emotions like that, it's, um, you don't always see it that often after that, but it was just pretty incredible to see just um, that kid wanted to be a jockey his whole life, yeah, and then he finally got to and he got to fulfill that thrill of riding a winner. Yes, and what, he's 16 years old. He's flown over away from his family to come over here, and yeah, um, to even yeah to have them here um, to watch him win his first ride as well, and um, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. It's great for that. the game that stuff. Great for the because, game, yeah. You know, West Australia oh, thoroughbred horse racing in general, West Australian racing do doesn't always get terrific press. But when you see um, what racing means to people and what a thrill it is to win, and that people give their their lives and their hopes and dreams to the industry, then it's uh, it's incredible stuff, really. And it's what, what once racing's in your blood, it's it's hard to hard to get it out, and and then it just reinforces that yesterday when you see that how much it means to other people as well. So congratulations, Jet. No doubt that's the first of many. And I think last last week we spoke about him being the son of Caulfield Cup winning. Jockey now trainer Brent Stanley. The horse that escaped my mind was Arctic Scent. Was the uh, was the Caulfield Cup winner back in the nineties? I think it was ninety six. So um, he's now a prominent trainer in Victoria in his own right, Brent Stanley, and that's where Team Williams, where when they travel to Victoria, that's where they house their their uh, superstar horses over there when they're launching their Melbourne campaigns. So there was um, a bit happening midweek yesterday. So that was fantastic stuff. Just quickly touching, we had the Road to the Jericho 3,100-metre staying contest at Albany on Monday. One of our favourites here at the uh, the 1-1 one, one podcast, Sax on, Sax off. <laughs> Specked in betting, lands the money, um, leading throughout to hold off the uh, Red Hot red hot Choice. Was it Red Hot Choice? Red Hot Tip. Red Hot Tip, sorry, who, um, who was heavily backed as well. But, um, Pete, what do you think of uh, our faithful? Sax on, sax off. <laughs> he might be a friend of yours. He's not a friend of mine. <laughs> he's, not, he's no friend of mine. No, definitely not. I think he's a friend of Terry's. He's though. a friend of Terry's. Yeah. Terry latches onto those kind that yeah. um, tend to uh, uh, come to their, into their own when the distances get up. So he's obviously a, a talented stayer. Um, yeah, he's he's come in for market support on a number of occasions. Um, yeah, that's about all I want to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> He survived a scared pre-race too on the road of the races. Apparently got him and trainer Kevin Green, the horse and Kevin Green, got stuck in some quicksand. So that would be an interesting story if we can get get to the bottom of that. But um, survived a uh, a scare, went to the races, won the road to the Jericho. Now they're uh, potentially off to Warrnambool to contest the the uh, the four thousand meter Jericho um, Cup. So congratulations to everyone involved. I will say though. Sax on Sax off has been retired two or three times already. He's a 10-year-old and he's winning the Jericho, even though it's not a very highly rated race, but just um, a little bit of fears for our for our progressive staying ranks, sort of thought. But then again, how many horses these days are, are trained or conditioned to or prepared to run 3,100 metres, you know? So. Yeah, look, I'm, 
To be honest, I'm not a great fan of these 3,000-metre-plus races in WA. I think the worst race on our calendar, and I've said it before, is the WA Cup. Um, when you get Class 1 horses who show no form and can come out and run places and, and even win those races, it, I don't – it's not the sort of races I'm interested in betting in, to be honest. Um, they're not quality stayers that are winning them. We're not breeding the horses, as you say, and we're not putting up the lead-up races to those races yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so I just wonder why you throw like $150,000 at the, the WA Cup when you've got a group of uh, class ones and twos running around in it. Yeah, I think that was just to appease the, the people who um, sort of rallied to have the Perth Cup um, put back up to 3,200 metres. Either you do one or the other. Yeah. If, if you're going to make a 3,200 metre Perth Cup, then, then reinstate it as such and have the lead up races to it. Accordingly, but to, to be yeah. quite honest... We don't have the horse population of stayers that are that are quality being trained towards that. Well, I think I think even if you take out the European and New Zealand imports from Melbourne and Sydney, their same ranks would be pretty thin as well. So until we can get to a position where I guess West Australian owners and trainers are incentivized to bring to import stayers, we don't breed them. We don't no. we don't purchase them at the yearling sales. Everyone wants quick returns. So why would you buy a horse with a staying pedigree unless you're unless you breed them yourself like your bob peters or whatever and you can afford to be patient but um, most people can't that's why speed on speed is is the way to go but my view is if if we want a vibrant staying ranks um i think if we for our could find a way to incentivize people to maybe import horses from um, interstate, even from New Zealand, even from overseas, and, but, but put the races on. Have you noticed lately in the lead up to Jericho, there was there was, um, there was was actually some lead up races to those. There was a 20, 20, couple of 2,400 metre races on the way through. Yeah, like the qualifiers and yeah, things maybe to go should, through. Maybe they should be on all the time and just, and maybe we should have um, yeah, owners and trainers spending money and knowing that if they get it, if they bring a stayer to Western Australia, that they're going to have racing opportunities. But there's no incentive for them now because they've only got there's only one Perth Perth Cup and a Pinjar and Bunbury Cup or whatever. There's just not enough racing opportunities for them throughout the year to to go out and spend hundred thousand plus on a progressive staying type from New Zealand or from Melbourne or Sydney. So I don't know. I think if we if we want to head down that path and create a some, um, a healthy staying. Um, I guess segment of our programming, then we probably need to spend some spend some money to encourage people to invest in it as well. So that was the Jericho, the road to the Jericho at Albany on on Monday. The final was coming up in Warrnambool, Victoria, over the over the ball. Has any either of you guys been to the ball? I've not been to the ball. No, I haven't been to the ball, and to be perfectly honest, it's not at the top of my bucket list either. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. You're of a jumps. Are you a jumps racing man? I love watching yeah. jumps yeah, from, from the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cheltenham is certainly at the top of my bucket list. I want to get to Cheltenham. Yeah, um, that would be sensational. But um, Warrnambool, not so much. And the listeners would like to know how the how the golf punting is going, Pete. Uh, very quiet at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken a back step on the golf punting for a little while. We'll get back into it, but. Yeah. Um, I'm still getting over Kevin Nah from a little while ago. So. <laughs> right. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> Not really. Yeah, what happened? What uh, happened, Scott? Oh, I can't remember this one. Kevin Nah is just a, a, one of these guys that I love to lay. He's, he's, he's been pretty good to me for, for a long time. But um, 
Yeah, he won a tournament a little while ago and uh, cost me a bit of money, so I'm still uh, smarting from that Still one. really? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, okay, Pete and Scott, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Westbeat Platinum Autumn Final Day. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Westbeat Series Final Day. Uh, BJ Ryan, Peter and Scott McCormack here. We're recording the 1-1, your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just past 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 29th of April. Uh, due to due to COVID and Terry being away, we're actually recording at my father's house. Bernie Bernie Ryan, he's got his Perth Cup uh, winning photos hanging on the wall, 1968 and 1977, and he just uh, chewed Pete and Scotty's ear off before he took off. Um, so um, yeah, we might we might get him on the on the show one day to tell a few old racing yarns. I'm sure he'd be a bit of fun. But uh, thanks, Father, for uh, letting us use the facilities here at uh, in Redcliffe, and um, yeah, much appreciated because it was hard to to find a venue to record. So um, we've got Geraldton, Crayfish Coast. They are racing today. It's West Speed Series final day on Saturday, which I previously mentioned, and. It's a belter opening Northern meeting on Sunday featuring the $100,000 Northern Stakes. Pete, Scott, have you had an opportunity to have a glance at the field? It's a red hot race. It's $150,000 Northern Stakes this year. Group three, set weights and penalties. I've seen it quickly on Twitter, but I haven't had too long to um, look through it too much, but it looks like a pretty pretty cracking field from what I've seen. I'll read, read out the names for you from top to bottom. Valor Road, Free Trade, Rock Magic, Massimo, Money Matters, Cup Night, Flirtini, Floyd, Unitime, Great Shot, and Caracapo. So that's the 11 horse Northern Sprint Field, Northern Stakes. Good luck finding the winner on that, that one. That is a really good one. Will you blokes be setting a market for that at all? No, we're uh, we're away this weekend. Oh, actually. Good. yeah. Um, had a grandchild just recently. Oh, so congratulations. He's just three months old, so we're having a little family holiday. It'll be the first time I've been away with him, so very keen on that this week. Excellent, excellent. So you can you can watch from afar and uh, and no doubt be uh, be um, checking your betfair accounts during the day and uh, trying to get set as you go along. But um, but yeah, so it's uh, Northern State Northern Sprint Day on Saturday on Sunday rather, and that looks like an outstanding edition of the stakes. This is obviously a leading into the Roma Cup in two weeks time, and then of course we've got the Belmont Sprint Hyperion. Stakes and the Strickland Stakes as the Wait for Age series rolls into the opening month of the Belmont Park racing season. So stay tuned throughout the show on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing Mastermind and Market City Meets. Get out stakes competitions. Also, we have a we have another TRL uh, Horse Racing League update for the WA Black Arts with Tried Horse Inchian Express is on the float. West Australian uh, West Australia bound. He will be arriving very soon, that four-year-old, lightly raced four-year-old. He's arriving from Queensland. So um, also there will be a promotion for 1-1 listeners that sign up through the trl.net website or the uh, blackarts.net website. We'll provide more info on that promotion on our Twitter feed during the week. So Scotty, Pete, let's get cracking on West Speed final day. Sounds good. Now, Rowler's out in the two-metre position. They're expecting perhaps thunderstorms later today. Have you checked if that's still rolling in? I know there's, there's so definitely rain. yesterday afternoon they were still um, forecasting for today, but drying up before Saturday. Okay. So we imagine there, will, there should be a bit, a bit of cut in the ground anyway. There's a maximum of 20 degrees expected. The The rainfall, if it comes today and tomorrow, will we'll, we'll definitely take some of the um, – Will definitely take uh, impact the track, whether whether that um, makes it a, a five or, or a six, or maybe even 
even holds on to a four. That'll be up to Chris Nation and his uh, his squad at Ascot Racecourse. There, Pete, what are you expecting on uh, on Saturday? From what have you planned for? I haven't really done any wet track form. Um, yeah. It's not here yet. There, yeah. there certainly will be some rain. Four or five is yeah. what I'm guessing. Yeah, four or five. Very good. Alrighty, race one of the day is the Miller Park Handicap over one thousand meters for the three year olds. There was a similar race to this two weeks ago, won by Acromantula with Vedetta Star, a fast finishing third. Subsequent to that, we've had the addition of Queen Brown, who's a class filly in her own right. She is racing first up for Dan Morton and Brad uh, Parnham. And there's uh, three others who generally appear to be making up the numbers, critical uh, altitude, Miss Lavinia and precautionary. But two of those could provide um, the, the significant pieces of, of the speed map in this, what looks to be a um quite could be a tactical six horse field scotty and pete who wants to take the lead on the Amelia part um, i might take the lead on this one because i disagree with your the bottom three are just making up the numbers oh, let's hear i've it. um i probably got it too short um but i've got critical altitude uh second favorite in my market so i've got apromantula on top i think um it was obviously a good win but i think critical altitude back to the thousand um there was a lot of talk on twitter uh, about its last start where Brad tried to hold it, hold it, didn't push it to the lead. I think from barrier one, um, Jason Brown tries to push it out, leads, and it's win, or not it's win, when it came second, first up behind How's the Serenity, it, they went pretty hard there. Um, I don't look at times in that necessarily that way, but um, it seemed to kick and hold on pretty well and only just got run down by How's the Serenity, who's I think two close seconds after that. Um, so if he can hold out Acromantula, I think it's a – a massive chance of being able to just be too quick for them and holding on. So that's the value I've got in the race. Um, and then, yeah, Vedette to start behind it, I'm not sure if they'll be able to make any ground or not. Uh, whenever I kind of allow for on speed, they make ground. When I allow for them to make ground, they normally play on speed, so I can't pick it. But yeah, it was, it was a rail yesterday, 11 metres, and it was heavy on speed. Heavy so, on speed, yeah. yeah. So now it's two metres and oh, it's a, not a hot day, but – if they can make any ground for Dessa, it's got to be a chance. But yeah, I thought critical altitude at the. What was your punt price? Sorry, I've actually got it four dollars twenty yeah. in eighty percent. So that's probably too short. Um, but I think it's a, a massive each way chance. Well, it's only six horses, so. But yeah, um, good value. Pete, uh, I did have a little bit of value about Acromantula when prices went up at the three dollars. Now that it's just been crunched into. 225 in most places um uh, the fun's gone out of it i've got it around about a 275 280 chance and i won't back under that it's not a race so um it's a great race to watch there's, there's some uh, progressive horses here i think and it could be a good form reference going forward but i don't have a really strong opinion acromantial are on top i think queen brown's probably looking at a trial um danny's done that before with queen brown where he's given it a bit of a troll at its first run back and then uh it's one second up so it's never one first up it's one two out of three second up I, I think he might follow the same kind of program here so i'd i'd be willing to lay queen brown although it seems to be pretty much on the drift anyway mm -hmm. um vedette de star's got to be some hope of turning the tables in acromantula critical altitude at 13 dollars. i think it's a little bit long i don't have it a punt at all but um I, I wouldn't be pushing it to lay it at that price. Uh, Miss Lavinia was looks progressive, but mm. it's down the straight at uh, at Penny, which you've got to be a little bit questionable about. But it's an expensive yearling; it looks to have a bright future as well. Uh, but I can't can't back it here either. So a watch race for me at the end of the day. Mm. 
I was 270, 270 apiece, Acromantula and Vedette the Star. I thought Acromantula would probably be able to cross critical altitude um, with, its, with its gate speed. Perhaps Miss Lavinia lands outside leader and there's going to be a position there for either Queen Brown or Vedette to Star to, to grab the 1-1 the one, one, uh, on my speed map. I just thought if Vedette to Star could possibly grab that position ahead of Queen Brown, she's going to be close enough to be able to uh, – close enough to Acromantula to be able to um, get past that particular horse late. Vedette Star's got significant closing speed. Her her splits were the best of the day uh, behind Acromantula last start. I uh, I just feel as though they're, they're going to be – Saturday's going to be – with that rain coming, hopefully that's going to be a bit more of a, a fairer playing field. That brings Vedette Star right into calculations for me. I have a lot of time for Acromantula, but that – 220, 210. That's uh, been crunched into this morning, which which Pete mentioned is um is uh is below what I'm looking for, and I had Vedette to Star marginally on top, so that's the way I'll go. Vedette to Star on top. Queen Brown did run second, first up of a thousand meters last preparation to Clairvoyance. That was in the three year old classic race uh, at Ascot. That obviously um, that form reference really stacks up. There were some outstanding horses in that particular race. Her form. Did taper off subsequent to that. Um, however, I think that she's going to be sort of ridden patiently by Brad Planham and do, be doing her best work late. I just don't see how she's going to be able to run home quicker than Vedette de Star. So for me, Vedette de Star on top, just gunning down Acromantula late and Queen Brown, the class filly of the race, I think she'll be doing her best work late. But Vedette de Star for me. Race two is the Crown Perth Handicap. This is the race for the babies, two year olds, 1200 meters. A um, couple of first starters. There's a uh, a recent midweek winner in Written Exceed, and then we've got Fatal Femme, who's uh, been freshened up after a pretty good run in the Caracalla Plate, which I reckon would rate reasonably well for Scott and Pete. Am I on the mark with you for that? Uh, I Femme? I back Fatal Femme in the in the Caracalla, doing the form in its two runs where it had pacifiers were the two runs that it, it kind of didn't run up to expectation on every other previous run, trial and race at one. So it had never been beaten without pacifiers and the pacifiers came off in the in the Karakata. I don't know how significant that was or whether that was a factor or not, but um, I backed it at 71 and 15 a place. And uh, It was a run, wasn't it? Just wish it had got past one more. But yeah. um, in fairness, it was probably the fourth best, best run in the race. The, the top three deserved their, their placings, no doubt. Um, so I was looking forward to getting it in this race. It's got the draw. I expect it will run well. And I actually have it on top, but I have the race far more open than yep. what the market does. 360 is not appealing to me at all. So um, although I have it on top, it's not a punt for me. Uh, yeah, well, again, I was similar to Dad where I backed it in the Karakata, but I actually surprised myself and I didn't get it on top here, but I was kind of hoping Ruthless Tycoon went around on yes, Wednesday. Yeah. I, I really quite liked its trial. It tried a bit slower than the one that was it. Ponyo or yeah, who won uh, on Wednesday? Yeah, Ponyo. Ponyo. Yeah. Um, but just when um, Brad Parnham asked for a bit of effort halfway down the straight, it it didn't take much and he kind of just kicked away pretty quickly. So um, I've got it open. I've got um, Ruthless Tycoon on top, but I'm really quite interested to see how that goes um, first up. And Written Exceed, yeah, was a good winner. Um, last start was a good winner for me too. Luckily I got in on the $7.50 early price and that yeah. was 
the money started at three dollars forty or something. But yeah, the well, I price think and, I think official flux was six fifty into three forty or something like that. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. yeah, that's official. So they're yeah. yeah, basically halved. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think there's a few a few chances, and they're all pretty evenly matched. But I'm I'm not sure what price Ruthless Tycoon is. I think it's I've got a six dollars equal favorite with both written exceed and queen's gift actually all three-way tie for favoritism 550 best available for ruthless tycoon um, yeah so i think i think it could be pretty smart one but it's just it's hard to beat raced horses on debut especially of this quality um as well but the thing i liked about fatal femmes running the caracatta was um pat scott sass was rails and run leewa was following pat scott sass and Export Man was following Lewa. They ran the trifecta. It was a very rousing run day. Fatal Femme was, was never on the fence and then um, angled back to follow Export Man through. Um, and I just really liked the way that, that she finished off. She had that mid-prep trial beforehand, which sort of signaled that that she was sort of back on track. Um, Sean and Jake Casey doing a really, really good job with this filly. And I, I, I would have thought that if they believed that she'd had enough, that she'd be well and truly in the paddock by now, considering that she had a pre-Christmas, I think, pre-Christmas two-year-old campaign. Uh, then she's come back for a crack at the Caracatta Plate. Most of these horses will go out, but we did see the um, the flying missile come out of the Caracatta and Ultimate Command come out of the Caracatta and run one, two in a two-year-old race last Saturday. So those two fillies, uh, those two horses both progressed um, from via Catacata Plate into a standard two-yard race and were good enough to run the Cornella. I feel as though for Tolfem, that fourth placing in a Caracatta, gate two, um, refreshed. Uh, I think she's going to get every chance from from that draw. I think she's just got the superior form and the superior talent. The X-Factor horse for me, like Scott, Ruthless Tycoon, really impressed with this Written Tycoon's geldings, trials, unbeaten at Larkhill, just moves well as soon as, as – Sort of Scotty mentioned as soon as Brad Parnham sort of asked asked this horse for an effort on both occasions, it's been there. Mm-hmm. So um, scratch from from yesterday, save for this race, the twelve hundred meters as well was interesting. I think they're going to push forward and make their own luck up on top of the speed. The other horses I had in the market were written written exceed and Queen's Gift. Queen's Gift is a touch of value for me at the moment. Thirty five days between run, just got nailed by KMA. Uh, looked home, just got nailed by KMA. But both this filly's horses uh, runs have been thousand meters so far. Um, 1200 meters from a good draw off a 35 day break. I think she has to be sort of in contention as well. But I was 380 for Tail Fem. She's, she's beneath that at the moment. And I was sort of evenly matched around the $6 mark for Written Exceed, Ruthless Tycoon, and Queen's Gift. But all going well. And for Tail Fem rocking up with, uh, on her peak form, I think she should have these, these covered from a, from a mobility point of view. So for Tail Fem was on top for you, Pete, but wasn't, wasn't a bear. What else did you have in your market? I had it pretty open and, mm. and not. I'm not really excited about backing any of them. Um, should be a good race again going forward. Hopefully some good ones will come out of it, but um, there's not much I can bet on. And I'm, One down the bottom, born to be lucky. I was quite taken by that trial, but it's a $26 chance, which is slightly over my price, but not a race I'll be betting into. Okay. So I wanted to get this Betfair discussion on the the full edition of the 1-1, not, not just the uh, – oh, sorry, on the preview edition of the 1-1 as well. So – some important announcements have been made um, regarding Betfair and, and commission rates, Pete. So you, 
you guys are probably best to best to speak to it. So effective as of the 1st of May, which is sad day, Betfair are dropping their market base rate across all three West Australian racing codes from 8% to 6%. So that means that any winnings generated on WA Racing, our customers will now only pay the 6% commission compared to the previous 8%. So that represents a 25% saving to customers. So Betfair goes on to say in their media release that it will um, – it will encourage further participation, deep, deeper liquidity, and better prices on WA racing markets. Is this this announcement is obviously something that has um has been um in the pipeline for a while. They've been working closely with Racing Away during Western Australia to to get a to get a better deal for Betfair and then of course a better deal for their their customers. How does a change like this affect affect you guys in your business? Well, it affects us. Hugely in terms of a 25% discount on, on any transactions that we do through Betfair. As a bookmaker, we actually get a slight discount on that as well. Mm -hmm. So for us, that actually makes, I don't know whether I should be saying this on here or not, but that gives us a 4% commission rate, mm -hmm. which makes it uh, quite viable for us to use that as a medium um, to lay or, or back or bet back horses through Betfair. It's one of the main avenues that we do, we do do that. But more than that, what it does, it gives the industry, people who want to bet on horse racing in Australia, they can now focus on WI racing more because of that reduction. Um, it becomes a more competitive market that they can get into. And I tweeted straight away as soon as I heard this news um, what, what great news that it was. But we've still got two other hurdles to get over to make our product um, more attractive to people who want to bet Australia-wide. Mm -hmm. We need to reduce the point of consumption tax. Now, that directly affects bookmakers. You think, well, why do punters need that? Well, bookmakers need to promote the races that they're betting on and they're not promoting WA races because it's not an attractive product for them. So you need to make the, the product more attractive to the corporate bookmakers so they can then give you the $50 back second and third, which they're, they're reluctant to do on WA racing because it's not a product that they're pushing. So mm. if we can reduce the, the point of consumption tax, which is the most onerous in Australia, and get that down. And the other thing we need to do for punters who want to bet on races is to bring in the minimum bet laws. Mm -hmm. um, so sorry, these, I'm these not are getting the, off track. No, no, these, there, but, but these are these are important issues for you know for for punters and for WA, WA racing in general. Uh, and these are things that directly affect your business. What the powers that be need to understand is that by by bringing these minimum bet laws, so you can get onto in two thousand, for instance. That is going to increase turnover on their product, and yep. they're going to make more money because there's more the people pie. bidding yeah. on it. Yeah. Absolutely, the yeah. pie increases. So, yeah, a fantastic move by by Betfair to reduce the uh, commission down down to six percent. It's a great step, and it's a great fillip for WA Racing, and it's good to see Rawa get on board with that. The thing with 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 winning punters is the um, or punters in general, like you. It's hard enough to find a winner as it is, and even if you even if you are capable of, of winning at the game, your edge is small. Relatively, right? Unless you're, um, unless you're, um, you know, the one of the the very few who who has um, managed to bang out a, a larger edge. So if you're, if that, if if now on Betfair you've gone from eight percent back to six percent like that, that's just such a such a carrot to play, isn't it? You know what I mean? So it's uh, especially if you're just sort of eking out, pun, you know, um, you know, trying to trying to keep your head above water from a punting point of view. Like it's, it makes a massive difference over time. 25% difference yeah. can be the difference between winning and losing, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Scotty, what's your Betfair activity like? Um, oh, I mean, even with the 8%, you get some great prices late um, already. So yeah. to bring that into 6% now just makes it even more um, appealing to bet. Actually, what punters so. that aren't familiar with Betfair need to realise is that 6% is actually less than that. The more you use, the more you turn mm. over, 
you get a reduction in commission as well. So yep. it's quite feasible to get a 40% reduction on that 6% to bring it down to 3.5%, for instance, which or 4%, which would be fantastic. Yeah. So Betfair rewards rewards turnover, yeah. yeah. The more you turn over, the less your commission. Yeah, okay. So, Scotty, what would, what would that have mean, meant for your um, Richardson bet? At Bunbury. Oh, well, actually, um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, DJ. I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about the Richardson bet. I mean, I didn't have much on it, but um, you don't back a $300 winner every day in your life. So, yeah. um, but actually, mentioning that, I was quite shocked at how much they took away for a commission there. But um, I think it was almost $250, $300 just on commission or something um, from a 10, 10 by $15 bet. Um, so, It'll make that a, a lot better, but um, yeah. I mean, I basically only use Betfair these days anyway. I yeah. hardly would ever bet on a corporate um, unless I think they've got a price wrong early. Um, I'll just wait till Betfair. And on my ratings, I'm at the moment I'm recording all my bets on my prices um, to because I only bet to within two lengths of my top rated, and I recorded at Betfair starting price. So I base everything off Betfair um, because, well, really, I think that's the best kind of place you could use yeah, on, on the corporates and yeah. things like that. And if you can make money bet fair starting price, then um, I think that's a good indication of being able to make money because you can get overs earlier on. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, that bet fair is slow but surely sort of gaining more traction in, in West Australia. Do you think it's been a bit of a slow burn in, over here in the West? Or do you think, or do you think people generally... already already have their accounts that they bet with, and they're reluctant to to move away from their their other corporates or the or their TVs? I guess once people are established in the in the channels in which they bet, it's hard yeah. to, hard to change them. But these uh, initiatives that that um, Betfair are bringing in, and that commission is one of them, and, and you'll talk about another one of them shortly, mm. is fantastic, and it will will create some change. I guess in terms of traction, I expect that Betfair probably be a more dominant player from yeah. the time I signed up. I think it would have been one of the first people in Australia to sign up. I go way back to around about 2000 or thereabouts. Mm. So I've had a, a, the same account operational for about 20 years. Um, to me, it's a fantastic concept of, of an exchange. It was quite new to me back then um, where you can back and lay horses. It's, it's a brilliant concept mm. and uh, probably deserves greater market penetration mm. than it has at the moment, I think. I agree. So I think I think for us and well punters like us who our sole purpose is betting to our prices that we made in things, it's it's a great concept. But the reason I think it might not have blown up a lot for your part-time punters or everyday kind of Saturday punters is those things that sports bet can offer, like the same game multis and all those things for like AFL and all that. Because I remember I was talking to a mate just the other day. Um, exotics as well. Exotics like, as well. And, um, yeah. So I think he follows – Cripper's tips mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes he misses the top price because they go pretty quick these days and he put his bet on top tote and I would never bet top tote just because I find I'll find value somewhere else or bet fair. Yeah. So I sent him, I went and found the bet fair starting prices when they compare them to the um, top best tote and bet fair was better on almost every single horse, especially the winners. Well, I'm looking at the winners mainly. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you're losing money by going top tote. Why don't you go to Betfair? He goes, oh, I can't be bothered moving my money out of my account um, because like, I bet on the same game multis and things. So yeah, yeah. things like that for your everyday punters, there's – well, this might give them more inclination because there's um, more chance of making more money. But those same game multis and exotics and – things it's they like having money in their one account and it's easy and simple mm. um for them so yeah great initiative um but just yeah looking at that kind of way that's that shocked me though 
it's like betting top tote instead of betfair starting price and things yeah yeah i, I think people get used to using the apps as well yeah the ease of use and the path of least resistance is um can't be underestimated but um but i think betfair are making some some tweaks to their apps and it's it's getting better um and something that is getting better as well pete is this early betting rebate that we just received an email about this morning so get rewarded for betting early through the betfair early betting rebate uh it says here across the month of may the early betting rebate will reward customers with a rebate of up to 80 percent on commission paid for winning bets placed prior to 15 minutes from the scheduled start time I think uh, an inherent weakness with Betfair, and, and they're obviously uh, conscious of it, is the liquidity in their markets uh, several hours out from, from start time. Mm -hmm. Most people who bet on Betfair will bet in the last five minutes of betting because that's where the liquidity is. And it would be fantastic if there, were, if there was substantial liquidity three, four, five, six hours out from the race. That would be quite exciting. Mm -hmm. um, this is an initiative that will try and redress that situation. Uh, and I wish them every every success. Those rebates are fantastic, enormous mm. rebates. 80% rebate means you're paying very, very low commission on, on any bets that you do manage to strike that far out. And, uh, yep. um, yeah, fantastic. I hope it works and I hope they continue it longer than in the month of May. So we'll be sharing out this this, this news via our 1-1-pod uh, Twitter account. So we're just, just recapping that the, the it's a sliding scale um, rebate if you bet, bet or lay. Um, over three hours before start time it's 80 percent between two and three hours it's 70 percent and then it cascades down so if you bet between 15 minutes and one hour before the race it's a 50 percent reduction on your, the commission rate so um which is uh significant so interesting to see how this i guess it's a trial run in the month of may goes and hopefully uh hopefully it's here to stay and um because yeah for all of us betfair users and uh, betfair lovers that it's uh, we want to we want to um see the, the exchange uh, improving and, and becoming the most rewarding experience possible. So a um, lot to look forward to there. Hopefully it, it continues to grow and, and West Australian Racing uh, and the participants get on board with it as well. So we better quick, quickly move through the rest of this preview. Race three is the Tab Touch Better Your Bet Handicap. It's a graduation over the 1,200 metres. Scotty, anything come up in your ratings to play race three of the day? Um, well, I mean, there has been. I'm looking at prices now, and the uh, price has been snipped a little bit already. Not that it was anything enticing, but I've got the obvious um, Billy Ray on top. Um, hopefully, we can see Billy Ray um, stay straight uh, today and um, not cause any interference like he did um, first up to just a pinch um, because oh, it was travelling. Um, I remember a couple of people came up and said that um, – or Pike had said – he didn't want to protest to begin with um, because he thought the winner was going better than it anyway. But I do think it probably wins the race if um, well, stay, just a pinch, they if stay, stay straight. Lines, yeah. Obviously, just a pinch has moved out a lot further, but um, Billy Ray's made some of the interference yep. um, in his own way too. Um, so I got him on top. But one that came up value was home in five. Um, I know it's first up with 60 kilograms, but um, it's a couple of wins last prep where I thought they were pretty super. Um, um, back then, yeah, didn't beat a whole lot and they were only on soft tracks, but I think it's a, a horse with a bit of X factor and winning three from five, um, it likes to win. Billy Ray's still a maiden. I think it's got a bit of um, 
Oh, the name's just escaped me now. The other Bob Peters horse that was the maiden. Superstorm. No, not Superstorm. The one that's just been winning the three-year-olds. Oh, Western Empire. Blank. Western Empire. Yeah. Um, it smells a bit like that, Billy Ray, just mm. probably one of the best maidens going around yeah. at the moment. But um, seems to do a lot wrong. It's still learning the caper when it fully figures it out. I think it's going to be a, a pretty super horse. Um, but when it's still doing a couple of things wrong, um Sometimes I'll, I like to take those horses on. Yeah. Sometimes I was. I would have thought you guys. I, I was expecting you guys to come in here, looking to looking to take this horse on. But it's it's just not a deep race. That's the problem, is it? And I, I suppose it's just. A, uh, I guess it's it becomes down to price now, doesn't it? With Billy Ray, what do you what do you do with him? It does. I was expecting Billy Ray to open up very short, um, especially after the way people saw it run last start and should have won. I thought it would have been. I, I doubted there would have been black figures about it. So. 260, 270, I can't back it myself, but um, it's not as short as I thought it would be. Mm. So what did you what did, what did you what was your strategy with, with horses like Billy Ray? Obviously got a lot of talent, do a lot of things wrong. They haven't Penny hasn't quite dropped yet. Low draw, second up maiden against sort of older winners. What what's your strategy here, Pete? Quite happy not to back it. Yeah. Um, and it's too short for me to back as it is anyway. It's not a particularly horse. I wouldn't be Launching and delaying it, yeah. it's yeah. obviously progressive. It looks good. Yeah, It's got a lot of upside, whereas I'm not sure a lot of these have the same amount of upside to them. So, no, I wouldn't be, uh, in you know, salivating at the prospect of, of laying Billy Ray necessarily. I've got it um, a bit longer than the market, 350 at punt and 240 to <laughs> lay. I'm exactly the same. So, um, yeah, if it got any shorter, I'd, I'd be happy to put it in. It's it's none from five. It's been beaten at short eyes before. Is it one of those horses? Who knows? Um so not that keen to play it, and not much. I'm not that keen to play anything else in the race either, to be perfectly honest. One that I get, it's only coming out of a fairly lowly maiden, but Lone Hand Larry, mm. um, I don't think deserves to be. I can see seventeen dollars there. That's probably a bit long, but um, apart from that, there's nothing that stands out for me. He's doing a good job, Hayden Ballantyne, isn't he? He had another winner yesterday. Mostly with box horses too, aren't they? Yeah, uh, couple Peter's horses. Couple of, is that a, he's one with three cast offs now. What was the one yesterday? Sentimental Queen, was it? Yeah. Or Sentimental Gift? Yeah. Sentimental Queen. Queen, yeah. Mankind and Special View. Special View. Mm -hmm. So he's, uh, yeah, Hayden's doing a really, really good job with it with a small team. So Great footy player, yeah. great trainer. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, we've got the big Western Derby this weekend, gents. Obviously, two big Dockers supporters here, the McCormicks. So yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Fancy your chances this week? Surely. Oh, Got to be some hope. Yeah. More, some more, hope. more optimistic. About this one than we have been for some time. I, I would have to I say, bet. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've, obviously, we've been Doc supporters for a long time. <laughs> I like to enjoy the good moments after they've happened rather than hope. I've been shut down and disappointed too many times before. What's your gut telling you, Scotty? Quick, quick prediction. Go quick, on. Well, yeah. I saw a tweet. I think it might have been Tim Gossie who sent out something. Last time Eagles lost to Geelong by over 90 points or something was back in oh, mid-2000s. They came out the next round, beat the Dockers by like, 60, 70 points. There's like a 150-point turnaround. So if I hadn't seen that stat, I might be a bit more optimistic. But um, I like the way where we're tracking yeah. and hopefully their injuries stay out. Dockers by? 16. Pete? Oh, I don't know. Dockers by 10. I, 
Hoping for the best, expecting the worst. <laughs> Actually, it's a blowout. Dockers by 35. <laughs> All right, I'm sticking true to the, to the blue and gold. Eagles by five goals. So, um, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, as we said, Hayden, uh, Dockers legend, Hayden Valentine, he, um, he is training up a storm at the moment. He's, uh, gonna, gonna, um, do a terrific job in the training ranks here on the West Coast. For me, I, um, I was happy to take on Billy Ray. Got a lot, a lot of time for the horse, but I can just see him, see, Encountering traffic, I know Chris Parnham's a gun, he, um, and um, I just thought he was sort of struggled to keep up over the thousand the other day. Uh, when he found his feet and he got balanced up, he, he there was no interruptions to his run until the straight, so he was able to cut the corner, cut through with a full head of steam up, and just obviously got got shunted by just a pinch at a crucial crucial stage. But still, I still think he's just not quite there. I want to see it. Um, I'm especially from getting back potentially from a from a low draw. So I um I was looking around him and I thought and actually Holy Ghost almost falls in the same category. One from sixteen is a bit of a tease horse, but I I think if he's going to win one, then this is his race. So let's let's go back through four starts to go, run fourth to Amasinas, beaten just over a length. Uh, three starts to go, ran behind Riverbow. Two starts ago, ran second to Captain Chaos, and then last start was a was a closing fourth in a sort of high pressure fourteen hundred meter race behind Billy Ain't Silly. <clears throat> All that form for me stacks up stronger than anything else in this race. I think this is quite a thin graduation. I like that form. I like Holy Ghost coming back to twelve hundred meters. The mid draw, hopefully he can have two, three, four behind him in transit. Just needs to be close enough wound up and uh, if they're running on early in the day then I reckon Holy Ghost is a big chance to 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 record the second victory of his career I reckon he's he's due to win I actually marked him um equal favorite with with Billy Ray 450 so um Holy Ghost 650 is a bit of value there and I, I think it's uh, I think Holy Ghost has has race fitness and form to to test Billy Ray um Taking a little bit of a knock against home in five. I thought that second trial uh, at Lucky on April mm. 19 was a bit plain. There was a, he, he wasn't able to get, get up inside that, the horse that, that ran second on that occasion, looked to be making head, heavy weather of it, 60 kilos with new rider Brad Willow on board, as well as pads on front. So there's a few little crosses Does there. Does it now? Yeah. So there's a few little cro- not seen that. crosses <laughs> there for me with, with home and five. But uh, I reckon if, uh, if Holy Ghost is going to win one this prep, then this is his race. I think Holy Ghost is going to win one. The the only knock I have on a horse like Holy Ghost is um, the way that, and I know Dad does it too, is we put a very like quite a big emphasis on um, winning horses. Mm-hmm. So winning horses keep on winning, losing horses keep on losing. And uh, a horse at home in five, that's three wins five start from five, is always going to get more of a push than a Holy Ghost who's still only one from 16. And I do agree he's going to win one soon. Um, it could be this one. It's just he's got a knack of missing the start and Ascot, that can be pretty... Um, well, detrimental to your chances. Um, 100%. But you just you can't knock the form that's coming out of all the races anyway. Yeah, the price um, is, the price is there for me, and I think yeah. there's there's a few here who, yeah, again, are just sort of um, are eligible for for easier races. And I suppose the only other horse that really, if it, if it runs to its peak ratings, that could that could challenge would be Sassy Trader. But um, but for me, I'm I'm thinking this could be a good option for Holy Ghost. Race four is the Schweppes Handicap over 2,200 metres. We got um, a couple of 60 kilo top weights here with with claiming apprentices. They are come right back. Lactar Ramoli claiming two. So Schmidt 
the Narragin Cup winner with Keshaw Durant claiming three as well. Uh, Black Shadow is back in form, holding peak form, and we've got Vintage Stock coming out of a second placing in the Geraldton Cup. The other horse, and I suppose the one that a lot of horse, a lot of people will be looking to find, is uh, in form Adam Durant. Mayor, treat yourself. He looks like to be quite a progressive star in the making. Pete, you want to take the lead on the middle distance race for the day? Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not. <laughs> Obviously, Adam's two horses, and you've heard my theory Your on theory, staying yep. races in the yep. past. Just just pick out the Warwick and uh, Durant trained horses. So you've got to come right back and treat yourself. They've both got great chances. I'll probably lean to treat yourself. Mm -hmm. um, come right back. One impressively first up was a bit down second up. It may well bounce back third up. It certainly will improve through the campaign and, and will be winning races at Belmont, I'm sure, through the winter. Treat yourself also is progressive and will probably be doing the same. Um, Adam seems to dominate those winter staying races at Belmont, and I'm sure he will again this year. He's got a quite a handful of horses, stays, progressive stays heading that way. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of value in the race, neither of them fit into that category for me. Um, again, it's a staying race, and it's not my not my forte. Black Shadow's been good to me. I backed it at thirty six dollars when it won a couple of starts ago. It was up for a big win on it last start, unfortunately. Um, it, it relinquished the rails, <laughs> came out to the middle of the track, gave the rails run to your dreaming, who took that run came on the line and just got beat short half head, which was devastating for the book and for the punt. Um, so it'll be close. So I've got it uh, 6.50 a punt. It's 5.50 at the moment, so that's pretty close. I'm wondering whether Vintage Stock might run a race. Mm. It's coming out of the Geraldton Cup, and I see it's double-figure odds, $11 with sports bet at the moment. I think it's a very good price. I thought it ran a career best run in the Geraldton Cup. Uh, Alan Matthews, a great trainer of stays for many, many years, obviously was targeting the Geraldton Cup with the horse, Got it to peak fitness. It's, it's the top rating I've had on it. Strawn two should get an economical run and, and might well be in the finish at double figure odds there. So for value, uh, vintage stock perhaps, but um, not a not a really strong opinion on the race. What price did you have? Uh, treat yourself. Treat yourself. I actually had it on top, but I've yeah. only got it six dollars a field, yeah, so yeah. nowhere near a punt for me. Yeah, Scotty. Well, I looking at my prices, and I don't know why I've got it so long, but I don't get treat yourself. Um, close. I've got it $24 a punt. Um, so I don't know why I've plugged in a, my ratings for it and just hasn't seemed to have come up. But I actually really like one here and I still don't know the last time I got a staying race right. Oh, I'm still go. waiting to back a let's winner. Let's go, Scotty. What but have we got? Black Shadow is a, is a staying horse that has, I think, when it's in form, a lot of ability. And when it gets to a distance, it um I think it improves even more. So those last two runs have obviously been really good, but they've been over the 1,800. And on my previous ratings from when it was winning races over this distance. Um, around this time last year. Around this time last year. Yeah. It still hasn't reached its full full rating. So I think I think it's almost about ready to peak um, this Saturday and it's up to the 2,200. And um, from memory, I'm pretty sure old Lockie Taylor has a pretty big opinion of um, Black Shadow when it gets out to a distance, maybe one of the best in WA at a distance yeah so listen, his words listen to <laughs> listen to Lockie and the, yeah. uh, the mounting yard probably listen to the yeah. mounting yard mail yeah. um so i think it's um yeah pretty pretty good shot it's drawn well jason brown rides it well um i've got a three dollar thirty favorite um and yeah pretty keen actually i've got come right back second favorite but lacked up from barrier 10 does it go forward does it drop back um i'm not really sure it's a pretty tricky map Vintage stock, I think, is a bit of value as well. Maserati could be around the place, but it's just a bit of a non-winner and a nine-year-old. And treat yourself. I, yeah, I don't know why I don't get that 
um, anywhere near them. But yeah, I've got that five, almost three lengths behind Black Shadow. So I think if Black Shadow gets all the favours, it's gonna be it's gonna be in the finish anyway. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Black Shadow stands out to me as a horse to beat. Knocked off big butter boom uh, over 800 metres two starts ago. Was a bit of a sharp improvement at its third run back from the prep, but. Uh, it did strike a purple patch of form this time last year. Carried 58 to win over 2,200 metres, I believe, uh, in April last year. And, um, and I think he I think he defeated Paddy Shadow that day. So that, I mean, that form obviously reads well with Paddy Shadow going on to win a Bunbury Cup. Now, um, Black Shadow last up, as Pete said, Looked home again, you're dreaming, just got the suck rails run, burst through and just sort of bloused it on the line. Uh, however, there was still lots of merit in the run and, and to me the, the way that he kept fighting late suggests that he's ready now for this 2,200 metres. Gate four, Jay Brown rides his horse really well, just going to put him right in the slot, probably lands 1-1 one, one, and from there I think Black Shadow um, should win and could win comfortably, I think. Uh, obviously the Adam Durant pair, come right back, treat yourself Always hard to to play against Durant train stayers. He's just a master of the, of the, of conditioning um, these particular type of horses. And again, I think the only other chance is vintage stock. She was really stiff two starts back. Just got couldn't quite get out in a sort of bunch finish. Notorious one sluice box Eurasia uh, standout rose. I think they were the four, four horses that beat her home on that occasion. She was beaten a less than a length, just sort of poking through on the fence. Could have almost won that. Uh, just got run over late in the Jelton Cup. Um, I think Barrier draw is key for that yeah. horse vintage stock. If if you look at its form, Barrier one, you can settle quite handy to the speed if it's Rouse drawn inside. Yeah, yep. But if it's drawn wide, they drop it back to last. And yep. so when it's drawn Barrier ten and twelve, um, just on here, it's been out of the race from the start. But I remember when it, I think it was its last um, its last win, it got the at one Belmont? one. At, it could have been Belmont, yep. I think it was, and. Yeah, managed to get the one-one and um, just held him off late. Mm. Is yeah, that barrier two is really key for it. Yeah, it brings uh, her right into chances. calculations, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'm with you, Scotty. I think Black Shadow's building into his preparation. I think he's got another level to go to. He did slide quite. He did slide in the ratings uh, from the handicapper rating point of view after all the good form he had mm. um, last year. So he ended up coming back to a, a rating where he can start again. He's won at a rating of 66. Now he's up to 71. I think he can win again and maybe hold this form and keep progressing through the ranks. So he's a reasonable stayer on his day, Black Shadow, and I reckon he might have these covered. Scotty Pete, it's time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, uh, drop in and see the, the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Obviously, they had to shut down due to that those three-day co um, heavy COVID restrictions, but they're open um, uh, for limited positions at the moment at the at the Mundaring. But hopefully, we get an announcement from the Premier in the next day or two. And if we get the all clear, then uh, slowly but surely, all the restrictions should get should be able to be eased. So, if you get an opportunity to support the Mundaring, they've been heavily impacted by by covid and everything that's happened over the last 12 months so if you could support our our wonderful sponsors up there at the heart of the hills uh, ian butchie o'connor and his team then that would be fantastic uh scotty did you get a chance to use your mundaring voucher at all uh funny you bring that up now actually we um actually went just the other week 
um, earlier this week. Last Thursday. Last Thursday. Oh, just um, before the lockdown. <laughs> just before the lockdown, <laughs> oh, yeah. Be- oh, yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so I went out. Um, so I've been, I've actually been staying at home with mum and dad for the last couple of months when I came back from New South Wales and I've just recently moved into a new house. So I took mum and dad out to Mundaring and used a voucher on them and um, yeah, had dinner out there. How was it? Yeah, nice feed. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, inside, yeah. outside, did you check out? We were the big inside day? in the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Thursday night was a $20 palmy night. So <laughs> I wasn't planning to get the palmy because it's all I ever get, but because yeah. I'm a sucker for a, a for chicken value. palmy. Yeah. And then obviously the value as well. So <laughs> it was a no brainer. Um, what do you go for, I also had the $20 yeah. palmy. It was um, <laughs> three value, chicken palmies all around, actually. <laughs> three chicken palmies all around. Which was wonderful. Whether it actually compensates for five months of board, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's all I'm gonna get. <laughs> Better than nothing, I suppose, isn't it? So uh, excellent. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking out, and uh, hopefully, um, goodwill and uh, spread the spread the word about the the Mundiaren because Ian and his team they they do a top job. So um, hopefully, we can um, we can get out there again um, when things open up again. So congratulations to last week's episode seventy three mastermind winner, the great Sam White. Uh, from the Sam White rule, he uh, he got all three questions correct last week and um, he received that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring. Congratulations, Sam. So to be crowned this week's mastermind, however, you'll need to answer the following three questions correctly. Let's see. Uh, I'll give you my pen, Pete. All righty. Question number one. Which of these have not trained sax on, sax off? Brock Luthwaite. Brian Rogers, Brian Kersley. Which of those have not trained Saxon Saxoff? I think he's had about five trainers. He's had a few. Yeah, he's had a few. Question number two. Which of these Ganjimi racing horses have not won a northern sprint? Multi-choice. These are my favourite type of questions. Rock Magic, Battle Hero, Durendal. Which of those have not won the feature Northern Sprint? $150,000 this Sunday, opening Northern meeting for the season. Question number three, at what venue was last year's Northern Sprint held? Obviously not at Northern. And who was the winner? This surprised me as well when I was doing the research. I'll give you a hint. She's she's grey. Oh, the winner. Yep. She's grey. Yeah. It's only a year ago. <laughs> I'm going to claim I wasn't, yeah, in, I wasn't been, in the state. So <laughs> while, while you're on your, as Terry likes to say, your sojourn, Pete. So uh, they are the three questions for this week's mastermind uh if you'd like to be in the running to win that hundred dollar gift voucher to the mundaring hotel answer those three questions correctly via and send them through to at the one one pod direct message on twitter be much appreciated and support our fa- uh, fantastic sponsors the mundaring they've been with us with us since day one scotty uh you got zero you got question two correct pete yeah <laughs> uh you got one and a half, correct. So, uh, yes, so that first one has stumped a couple of uh, our masterminds here. So, very good. Again, get your entries in and, and uh, you could be in the running to win that $100 gift voucher.
trivia is not my key, not my, uh, not my strong point. <laughs> I've always We're still trying it. to find it. Yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to uh, have a WA Racing quiz night, actually. I reckon that would be that would be a bit of fun. So I might organise that via the 1-1. Race 5 on the day is the Heineken 3 handicap over 1,800 metres. Um, another tricky sort of open affair. I'll be interested to know what the index cards say for this particular race. Scotty, what did you what did you reckon? Race well, uh, race five of the day. I've got another one that completely disagrees with the market. I've got Beret $31 to 120%, mm-hmm. and it's opened up, what is that, four four twenty. I'm not sure about the month between runs. Lacta, I feel like I'm picking on Lacta at the moment. I'm, I like Lacta as a jockey, but from barrier 10, how went, far does he get back? Yesterday. <laughs> Where, yeah. Race one yesterday, I went off him. Where does he get? Um, Where does he get back, yeah? I think he gets back because mm. off a month between runs, um, not sure if anything's happened or not, but 1,800, I doubt they'd want to push him out too hard. So I found it pretty hard to beat off we go. I mm. like those three-year-olds um, against the older horses. I thought they were pretty good runs behind Western Empire. Um, it was good behind your dream and um your dream and last start and i know black shadow second black shadow second and i know durant was pretty bullish or pretty sure durant was pretty bullish um last start it's got again good draw clint johnston porter is another jockey that rides it well and it's not a very deep race again it's, it's a, thin isn't it it's a very it's thin. thin race yeah. and some of them yeah they're either been up for a fair while or they're just your middle of the road kind of kind of horses and if off we go finds its best kind of form, I think it's just better than most of these. Yeah, I tend to agree, Pete. I love a progressive three-year-old. Uh, off we go is a three-year-old. Um, I think it deserves its place at the top of the market. I'm going to sound like a recurring record here. I have it on top, but I don't have it that short. Two seventy is too short for me. Where did you have it, Pete? I had it. Um, well, I want five fifty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was. I was, four, I was. I've got it on top, but four dollars. So. Yeah. I was 280 on top. Yeah. In, in terms of the index card, you were saying um, index cards don't really care much. This race. <laughs> it's, it's not a race I'm passionate about in any way. Yeah. I, I, I think Off We Go deserves a win. Again, it's a Durand up and coming, perhaps progressive stayer, uh, whereas a lot of these are quite limited, I yeah. think. Um, in terms of value in the race, um, if I tried to have a bet, I could probably get on Karanis just yeah. Uh, yeah. without any, any kind of enthusiasm at all. Chief Archer. I've got eleven dollars, Chief Archer. It's only mm-hmm. seven, so no. Yeah, I um, I th- I thought Karanis's two wins prior to the last start were really good. I just think Lacta overcooked it in front. Mm-hmm. Went went well above average to the eight hundred at his first try at twenty one hundred meters. Probably didn't even really need to lead. I would have liked to have seen him grab hold and let Shake it come around and take up the running. Uh, final chill then made that. Sweeping mid-race move with Mitchie Pateman on board and Karanis was gasping for air because he'd just gone hard and just come um, come up for a bit of a breather and then had to go again. So it was no surprise to see that horse pop. I think Keshaw Duran, who regains the mount on Saturday Road, this fellow really well. It's two starts prior from gate three with the claim, 53 and a half. Looks like it's going to take up a good spot. The speed around it is interesting. Uncle Uncle. Uh, Lino, Uncle Lino, Uncle Lino, proceeds of crime. They, they'll go forward, and I'm, I'm predicting Chief Archer will go forward with the blinkers on from nine. Chief Archer's got that 2,100-metre grounding run under its belt. 
coming back to 1800 meters, they decided to ride conservatively last start, first crack at 2100 and it finished off really well. I think the blinkers on a bit of a sign of intent that they're gonna they're gonna roll. But I don't know, did you one thing I want to touch on, I see that uh Proceeds of Crime, Alan Kennedy is off and Maddie Derrick is on. Now Proceeds of Crime led and led uh at a genuine speed, I suppose, on that um rain affected Pinjarra track two starts ago and basically just ran them off their off their feet. I was interested to see one see the sort of negative tactics last Saturday where um, they bounced, grab hold, Jovella led, led really, really slowly, and then William Pike on Blackwater Bay had to rush around and, and take up the running. It was a really funny old race. Blackwater Bay left it left in front from basically the eleven hundred, kicked clear, and then was a shot um shot duck late with Fran, Fry's Fantasia getting the win. But I don't it was interesting that Alan Kennedy didn't repeat the same sort of tactics that were so uh, effective at Pinjarra and just just rolled to the the front the other day and and, and I wonder whether that's that's um, led to him being replaced by Matty Derrick on Saturday it's just just a theory but there was a funny old race at mm. 1800 last Saturday uh, no one really wanted to take up the lead but it seemed like a pretty good place to be on the day yeah could have been maybe first up at 18 or first, not first crack, up but first crack at 1800 yeah. maybe as a bit strange um I think it well with Matty Derrick going on they will try and find the front here but I can't back it. I thought Uncle Lino could show some improvement yeah. too, though. I would, have, would have liked to have some claim on Uncle Lino, actually. But, yeah, me uh, too. Yeah, but uh, Uncle, Lino, Uncle Lino going forward, proceeds of crying going forward. Karanis and Chief Archer seem to be the map horses who are just probably going to sort of jigsaw puzzle their way in behind that speed. So for me, if it's a genuine tempo, Uncle Lino likes to roll. Proceeds of crime will probably like to roll with Maddie on. It just leaves Beret and uh, Fry's Fantasia exposed back in the field to me. They're going to have to make long sweeping mm -hmm. runs. It's going to be hard from from back for both those men. So I'm kind of happy to take both of them on. Um, for me, I think off we go is going to land midfield, probably following Karanis and, and Chief Archer, uh, peeling Clint Johnston-Porter um, down the middle of the Ascot Strait. I think off we go is going to get get the job done. Chief Archer and Karanis, the, the the two hardest to beat for mine, but uh, no value in the off we go price at the moment. Sounds like a good assessment, BJ. Yeah. <laughs> race six is the Devil's Lair Handicap. Ratings, this is a better race anyway, rating 78 plus over 1,500 metres. Now, Watch me dance on the champion Phillies stakes and the, the WA Guineas last preparation. She has come back. She probably hasn't had everything on her terms in her four, four runs this prep. She's, she's been more solid than spectacular so far this campaign in her four runs in on the quick backup uh, into a handicap rather than the set weights and penalties mares races she's been competing in recently. Comes up pretty short courtesy of a good draw uh, with Sean McGrady on board. Um, I don't know whether you guys would have her as short as she currently is. Are you looking to take on the fight? Watch Me Dance? I would want to be backing Watch Me Dance. It's another one of those three-year-old against the older horses. It's had four starts now, so it'll be fully fit. Um, and I, I've got a pretty big opinion of Watch Me Dance. I think um, I think she's a super horse. I was um, on her throughout that whole kind of campaign um, previously. Um, and I think with Barry Four. Sean McGrady on will be very hard to beat. So I actually had a $2.30 favourite um, on top because I think there's a few question marks on the others, um, like Adornment dropping back to the 1500 I thought was a bit bit questionable when it um, it's definitely more of a stayer. So. Yeah, and it showed that bit of dash fresh, didn't it? So I wonder yeah. whether it can repeat that, that or whether it's looking for 18 yeah. plus now, yeah. Yeah, so I found that question. Well, not to be missed I think is one that is going to – 
um, probably win one soon. So I had that the danger, but um, I think I had it $6 second favourite. And to be honest, I didn't think position of power around the place, but geez, they, they find a way to get that horse beat recently. There's mm. The rides have been a bit um, bit strange. And it's a Kira, horse that. Kiryu has gone on, the senior's gone on now. I was about to say, yeah. yeah, it's a horse that needs a senior jockey, but I think even more so like a Paul Harvey who rides this horse well and things is. So I'll probably be waiting for. Maybe a Belmont with Paul Harvey on for a position of power, but watch me dance. Five out of 16, three-year-old, good form, should be fully fit, um, good draw, just... No excuses. No excuses. Ticks yeah. all the boxes for me. Yeah. Pete? Uh, I agree with the market pretty much. I, I've got watch me dance on top. I don't... I wouldn't be uh, salivating to lay it, but mm -hmm. um, I can't back it. I've got it 340 mm -hmm. and 240 lay. I've got uh, not to miss second, the same as the market. Um Disappointing last start, it has to be said, but that was an on-speed kind of race and it was just out the back and, and floundering. So drawn to it, might be able to, hopefully it jumps a bit better than last time, might be able to settle midfield somewhere and uh, run a better race. But again, I want 460 yet and it's not mm. too close to that. 380, at the moment, yeah. So outside of that, then I get out to Imaginique here and position of power. I've got them both $9 and I don't really want to back a nine-year-old and Ashley Maley. Beats me every time. If I back him, he loses. If I lay him, he wins. So it's, it's, it's not, not Ashley Mailer anymore. Oh, yeah. Mailer. Summer Dixon. That's right. First that up. I'm not quite sure why that is. He was always getting rid of it before last start. That was always his last start with um, Maginica. Okay. Win or lose. Really? From what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, went out, went out in a nice way, didn't it? Sure did. Yeah. So the value for me would be position of power, thirteen dollars. I can see, but then I'm backing my fourth rate of horse, and do I really want to do that? So. Again, I'm happy to watch. Mm. Do you make cash for Friar Eskittle? No. I Do don't. No. And I must be underrating Lucky Lactar at the moment, but he can't find the we're rails gonna get, on Friar Eskittle. So. mail from Lactar. <laughs> yeah, so. I think I'm being very harsh on him, but. Well, he's going to get some mail from me after all. <laughs> Particular Signora yesterday. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not in the fan club anymore. <laughs> Was he on the rails though? That was probably the problem, I think. So, well, where wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the outside rail. <laughs> At the end, he was. Yeah. Gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's D Day for Watch Me Dance for mine. I think she'll win, but the the price doesn't really tickle my fancy either. I think she's a bit bit thin. I um I was more hoping that it had a three in front of it to tell you the truth or watch me dance but that might um evolve potentially on betfair not to be missed is a horse that gets supported a lot um i think it and had a four dollar sp last saturday but that was with pike on uh i'm happy to forgive it just doesn't seem to really let down with with weight as well as our I don't know. Maybe um, that's just a bit of a theory, but I, I like the fact that it's coming. That's dropping five and a half kilos. The blink is off. Perhaps that will allow it to conserve more fuel early and be a bit more economical. A low draw with CJP means he's probably just going to be smoking the pipe, waiting for gaps and exploding. I think if there's if there's a horse who can come off the back of Watch Me Dance and get past her because she's so strong and with the run that she's going to get, I think it's going to be not to be missed. If there's a horse that's going to uh, be in front of uh, Watch Me Dance and be able to sort of out-muscle her late potentially or or hold her at bay. Um, could be position of power rolling forward with Kiriul on board. Um, I think he's just about ready to win one. I'm, I'm a bit like Scotty sort of hanging out for Belmont with this particular horse, but I believe they're going to roll forward, maybe sit outside leader, which is more than likely going to be scoreline. Scoreline takes up the running. 
with uh, with position of power breezing outside leader. Watch me dance one one. I think that um, the three of them position of power. Watch me dance and not to be missed. Flashing late, but uh, fingers crossed, fingers and toes crossed for for Wolfie and, and watch me dance and the connections. I think um, she's raced well without winning one this prep, and this is her opportunity to do so. What do you yeah. think about Scoreline being in the race? Yeah, well, I didn't realise uh, Scoreline was such a was only a sixty rider until I checked last night. Uh, it's one of those horses. I question whether it should almost be allowed to run. Mm. I have no problem horses out of their their rating running. But this one, as you said, is probably going to lead the race. Now, mm-hmm. it's 18 points out of the rating. If it stops like a frick balloon at the at the 600 or the 500 and goes back through the field, these are the sort of horses where they quite rightly put in the stewards report, we don't want to see you in the city until you show an improvement in form because yeah. they can be dangerous to a field. Yeah. And if this horse leads and stops badly, it then becomes a hazard to the other runners in the race, I think. Yeah, I would have thought that. Uh, Chris Gilbert could have found a more more suitable option, and even if some miracle happens that it happened happened to win, right? It's um it goes from a sixty rated to an eighty two, and which just doesn't make a lot of sense for mine. But um, yeah, I uh yeah, I'm, you know, obviously, I think it's a bad placement, and, and it could almost be dangerous if the horse leads and stops. Okay, all right. So um, so yeah, the uh, the Devil's Lair handicap. Alongside Scotty, I think this is set up sweetly for Watch Me Dance backing up after after taking on the uh, the Good Mares recently. There's no clairvoyance in this. There's no cryptic love in this. And really, she should be getting the job done. Hopefully, a bit of bit of three dollars plus on Betfair late. That would be ideal. Race seven of the day is the Mrs. Max handicap. Now this is a good sprint. Thousand meter, seventy two plus. We got some real talent engaged. Um, Miss Kentucky. Six wins from seven starts. She is flying for Simon A. Miller, the one of the most fascinating horses in West Australia. This will test you. She returns to racing. Um, what is she going to be able to produce first up for Adam Durant and Clint Johnston Porter? Then and then you don't get many more informed horses at the moment. Then Riverbow, Gemma's son is a star in his own right. Nerodios uh, and Captain Kink are sort of um, bit part players, but they have plenty of talent. Interesting runner of the race is Speeding Comet. Mitchell Pateman, who has bizarrely opted to get his trainer's license because uh, jockeys, being a jockey is uh, is uh, is a good gig. Training thoroughbred racehorses is a tough gig. So Mitchell Pateman is looking to challenge himself and uh, take out his mm-hmm. trainer's license and uh, he is having his first runner on Saturday with Speeding Comet, former Simon A. Miller trained horse. Good luck to Mitchie. He's now a dual licensed jock, similar to uh, to Jared Noski and, uh, and a few others. And this is his first runner looking and he's wearing the, the colors that uh, his father, Michael's horses used to race in as well. So the family colors there, all the best mate. Mitchell Pateman, um, it's a tough job training, training thoroughbreds and, um, but he is, uh, he's having a crack and uh, gets his first runner on Saturday. Now, Miss Kentucky will be, is of course, all the rage and justifiably so. The McCormick's, can you guys wrap your head around this will test you? And how you think she's going to perform first up Saturday? Certainly, the horse is a is an enigma. Um, did me a great favour one day. Um, <laughs> was this a lay, perhaps? This was a lay. Yeah, yeah. So he was all the rage. He was heading to the Lightning Stakes if he won this race, I believe. Um, but he went up markedly in class that day. Caracapo held him out. He over raced, raced fiercely, and actually finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my happier occasions on a race course. So. <laughs> I laid ten thousand a place at a dollar oh eight. 
uh, which I was happy to take and would take every day of the week. So to see him run fourth that day was uh, was very pleasing. Um, in terms of the horse running on Saturday, I, I'm going to back Adam in. Adam's this is a work in progress. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's a highly talented horse. Adam's had him away for a while. And he's won two of his last three trials and finished riderless in the other, which says a lot about the horse, I think, and and the, the trials and tribulations Adam's obviously going through with the issues of the horse, but. At his best, there's no doubt he's a very, very talented conveyance. Um, he's getting two and a half kilos off, off a filly or off a mare. Um, if, if Adam can get it right and on his last trial, he's, he seems to be back on track, hopefully. I'm willing to back Adam in and I've got him on top in this race. I've got him 360 a punt. So on one of the rare punts that I can actually have on the day, I, I could back this will test you. It's open seven fifty with Bradbet this morning. This will test you. Currently four sixty on that particular provider. Yeah, all the talent in the world. This will test you. But yeah, come race day, you never really know exactly what what she's going to do. Uh, it's all between the ears for her. Uh, she switched on. She can. She could do anything. Scotty, do you share Pete's sentiments? I I do actually. And um, what a race for Mitch Pateman to have his first runner in too. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's pretty tough for, um, for any horse to win this race, I think. There's a, a lot of horses in good form at the moment too. Um, and I'm pretty sure he had a bit to do um, with this little test yes. Mitch Pateman, getting it kind of ready for the races and things. So um, I did go this little test way in the end. Just I really liked his trials, how just it looked, um, apart from one where it lost its rider, um, it looked strong, it looked quick, and they did it easy in good time. I just think he should jump uh, – sorry, she should jump to the front um, and just be too fast. I've, I've got a bit of a query on Miss Kentucky, which is probably a bit harsh. Dropping back to the 1,000 from barrier one, I know, and I was a bit surprised to see it jump and sit outside the leader last yeah. start, but um, from barrier one back to a 1,000, it could get shuffled back a little bit. There's a lot of speed horses um, in this race, so – I just think it could get a bit too far back and with speed horses like this will test you and Riverbow and even the likes of Captain King, it could be a bit hard for um, Miss Kentucky to, to sprint pie. She's mm. a talented talented mare and has got a good turn of foot, but just if it gets in a little bit of trouble, um, I'm, I'd be more than happy to take it on at the 220, 230 yeah. um, bookmaking and more than happy to back this will test you, to be honest. Did was the Miss Kentucky going forward? Was that an option? Was that a last start? Was that it's? Uh, was so that a notif- notification there, at all? I don't think there was a notification, but I hadn't allowed for it. But mm. looking back through her previous races, she's sat top three before, so um, it's not like it was a completely out of the completely area. out of the blue yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, I'm talking through my kicky because I wanted to back her. I was on course, wanted to back her in run again, which I did the start before because I was thinking she might. Drift backish, maybe two, 240, 250 in run, something like that. Um, but then she went forward and was never anything above a dollar sixty-five. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I, I I decided against taking. I think you could have got maybe even money on the bet for exchange. I think you could have, could have got even money before the first. I saw you guys. I came out came out late, but uh, um, but yeah. But, so uh, I'll have to cop that one because this was actually that was actually my race, and I had Miss Kentucky on top, but I was expecting her to drop back to near last mm. and fit questionable at the 1200 in some way having to make up a lot of ground and um so yeah with our lays that we've been trying to do on twitter i put two dollars up miss kentucky and 
it traded that bet fair late anyway. Yeah. Um, but as soon as she jumped outside the leader, it was just line up and race was over. Yeah, it, it showed another string to her bow, didn't it? I mean, she's first up, she sort of sat back off in a thousand meter race and went bang. Uh, second up was sort of rails in running, in a bit of trouble. Chris Parnham extricated and was able to get over the top of, of River Bow on that particular occasion. And then sent forward in a quite a high pressure 1200 meter race with um, top end speed and she was able to sit outside late, a leader and grind out a, a really strong win. Um, how does that shape for her? Two weeks coming back to a thousand. Um, that's been a slight query. I mean, I, I still tipped her on top in the in the leg up. I thought she was a, probably a two two fifty chance just on pure pure ability. But um, it, I, when I was doing the form last night, I was just wondering to myself, what does that change of tactics over twelve hundred? What does that? How does that impact her um, her racing pattern and her? I guess her turn of foot coming coming back to the coming back to the thousand on on Saturday. But um, I think from one, she's going to be able to. Fall, fall out, be three back defence potentially. Uh, Chris Parnham will just be coiled up again, waiting for gaps. And, you know, if, if Simon A. Miller's got that freshness back in her legs and she's ready to let rip, then with an uninterrupted run, good luck holding her out. She's 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 so um, powerful late in her races. Uh, this will test you, the main danger. She's going to be um, either, she's going to be out in front, freewheeling, um, doing what she does best. If she turns up anywhere near her best, she could she could just blow them away, really, like with her level of talent. And um, but there's always that bit of a question mark over over her, as we've discussed before. Um, I thought Gemma Sun was one of the runs of the day last start, three and four wide, working forward, just kept coming to run Riverboy to one point two lengths on the line, but goes up to sixty two and a half minus three for for Christy Bennett. Jemison's a really, really good colt. Can he race on speed with that weight, conceding this will test you and Miss Kentucky and, and still be able to 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 eke out a win? I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I just feel as though those those horses might have him covered on the day. And I mean, River Bow, how can you how can you knock what he's been doing? He's going to get a good run again on top of the speed from two, but he's got 61 as well. For me, I think Miss Kentucky will win, but if there, if there's if if there's going to be one horse that can uh, can make life challenging for you. It's going to be the leader, the lightly weighted leader, uh, fast fast mare on a day, and this will test you. So I think it's a race between those two. I agree with what you say, mm. and, and consequently, I think the five dollars about this will test you is probably better value than the two thirty, Miss Kentucky. Yeah. Just to find out if if, if this will test you is anywhere near as good as a, as we thought it was before, you're really getting rewarded with price in this run. Yeah. If it fails on Saturday, then put a line through it perhaps and, and wait for it to show better form. But it could be something special and. Uh, five dollars, I think, is a worthwhile investment. Yeah, it's a, it's it's it, yeah, you're getting that value there. Considering, I think it started odds on five of its seven starts. I've got the prices here actually because yeah, that was going to be my next my my question is. Yeah. Every, this was such a big boom horse. Everyone was all over it. The market was all over it. It started at a dollar forty, dollar twenty two, dollar thirty, dollar fifty five, dollar forty five, two dollars forty um, in a sixty six plus, and then five dollars where it um, obviously failed last start but i don't understand why it's such a big price now and why the market especially has jumped off it i know miss kentucky's um six from seven and it's just got a big cautious sign form, it, it? it does uh, and, you know uh, tread warily this will test you which um, is reflected in the, in the market and and i suppose the fact that miss kentucky's is the form mayor at the moment with chris parnham on board that she's taking up a big chunk of the percentage but i can see this will test you continue to firm 
So I think first up is when it's going to yeah. run. It's um, when she's got to run a big race too. A thousand so, as well. So. A thousand first up straight to the front. Um, Five dollars is yeah. I mean, I've only got it four dollars fifty, but I just I was surprised at the price they've they put up. Yeah, and when you think about it, if she if she turns up even even at say length off her best, Miss Kentucky is still going to have to mm. still going to have to come off that speed and and run her down. Yeah. It's going to be. Been an exciting finish. It's I think. going to be exciting. I reckon she's going to be launching. Whether or not, whether or not enough uh, Clint Johnson Porter will be able to pinch a big enough break to to withhold that finishing burst is is going to be interesting. But it's a good race. There's some good talent. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, hardly even mentioned Riverbowl and a rodeo. Oh, who no. are like super horses in himself. But and Captain um, King was a was a four, King. 480 SP in that Riverbowl race the other day and ran fourth. So it's yeah. um, great race. Yeah, it's a good one. Moving forward, this is the feature of the day. It's the $100,000 West Speed Platinum Autumn Final. This is, uh, there's, there was a series of heats leading up to the final conducted over the last four to six weeks. And this is the uh, 1200 meters and it's attracted a 15 horse field. Good spread of weights too. 62 and a half top weight, 54 bottom weight. No claim for the apprentices. Just keep in mind punters. Uh, wide open, the, uh, the form horse of the race. Image keeper three from three this prep for Brock Luthwaite uh, does look stand out as the horse to beat. For mine though, I think it might be a bit deeper than that. Pete Scotty, who wants to lead the charge in the Westbeed Series final? I'll take this one because then you can take the last one. Um, I think I've got Image Keeper on top. It's um, obviously won three in a row, a winning horse, which is what I like to look at. But yep. I can't get it that price. It's um, but it's one of those that I wouldn't jump into laying either. Um, so I think from Barry Seven, Brad Will is riding super at the moment. Um, he should be able to give it a, a good run. But the value for me, and I think Dad's um, Dad's found the same one, is Sir Mambo. Um, he can rule a line through of, last uh, start. Bit of Marty Allen allegiance is coming <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, you've got to be loyal. <laughs> so um, it's one of the most unlucky horses, unluckiest horses, and it is it is incredible though how often that horse. Yeah, it's either been mate. deep yeah. and working or hung up on the rails or can't find a run and I think I'm basically taking words out of um, my dad's mouth here but um, senior jockey goes on Jared Knox he hasn't been riding a lot obviously because he's been training but barrier one if he can get the splits it it should have won a lot more races than four races so I think yeah, if you can get a run through the $11 currently on offers um, it's pretty good value um, for me and then it's pretty open behind behind that but that'd be the main one I'd Want to play at the price? Even even factoring in the the hefty sixty two and a half, that's still it's that's carried weights like that before. Yeah. So it's I mean I'm not looking at the form in front of me at the moment, but it's carried sixty kilos five starts ago, six and a half it's last start. Whole career, it's it's, whole it's career. Career. Marty's been reluctant to push it up in grade and and drop in weight, but yeah. so, so yeah, nice big strong yeah. horse. So. Bar plates come off as well, which yeah. is a big tick for me. Yeah. Um, with that, but yeah. what, what else you got in your pump price market? Um, so I got Image Keeper on top. Yep. Um, I've actually got City Circle second pick at seven dollars. I think that's about eight, so around there. And Sir Mambo Fiery Water, I've got eight dollars fifty. And Michelle Marbell, I thought mm. was a a big run. Um, last last start, three wide, no cover, um, with Pike on board, and um, I think it. Twelve. I've got it twelve dollars, and it's about that in the in the market. I think so. Yeah. Um, open, pretty open race, but the value of Sir Mambo if it, if it gets the run. 
Yeah, Betfair's going to be interesting as well, the, the full field. And I reckon if you like something sort of $10 plus, um, I reckon you're going to get really good value come come start time. Pete? Uh, well, Scotty's virtually summed the race up for me. I've yep. got Image Keeper on top. Uh, it did beat Samambo last start. I thought Samambo maybe talking through my pocket, but I thought it was a little bit unlucky. Uh, Desperately last, uh, unlucky. Lacta just didn't quite get the jump. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lacta, there's a common theme here. Whether it was horse or jockey, I'm not sure. Maybe a senior could fire it out better. Yeah. Um, as Scotty alluded to, the horse has been desperately unlucky. If you look at its, it's jockeys, they've, they've put apprentices on every time. And I'm not knocking apprentices at all. Sometimes you get a 10 out of 10 from an apprentice and sometimes you get a 1 out of 10. That's mm. what you... That's what you sign up for when you put an apprentice on your horse. And yep. uh, unfortunately, Samambo has just been on the rough end of the stick in terms of the rides that the apprentices have given this horse. Bakhtar had a little bit of trouble getting clear of the straight and then he got a squeeze, I think, about the 150. Um, well, he'd be beaten 1.7, yeah? So really, even if you say he should have finished one length closer, like that's that's significant, isn't it? Well, this yeah. is significant. Yeah. Also in the fact that he does meet uh, Image Keeper a kill and a half better for the defeat. So. Okay. Um, you could talk about the 62 and a half. It's very hard to win a race with, with that weight, but he's yeah. earned that weight. Yep. Uh, and in relative terms to the other horses in the race, um, he deserves the weight. Now, I'm just so glad a senior's gone on and, and this is a perfect opportunity to put a senior on because it's a non-claiming race. I would question, you know, why Chris, I'm picking Chris Gilbert a bit today as well, why you'd have Christy on. I know she's earned the, the, the ride because it's her, her ride for the last five starts at yeah. least. But without the three kilos, you just handicap your horse two lengths. And whether that's in the, the best interests of the horse or connections, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Mm. But getting back to Samambo, I think he's, he's although he's got the 62, he's earned it. And uh, Your price? My price is 8.50. So I don't have him, you know, markedly shorter than the market, but he's at least one that I can play at the odds. And remembering, guys, that Scotty and Pete's punt price markets are at, at 80%, which is yeah. why it's so often it's in these early markets anyway, it's hard to – to find a bet at times, isn't it? It can be sometimes, yep. yeah. Yeah. But I also like that because it means you're finding value mm. when you are punting. So sometimes you miss things um, because of it, but um, yeah, it just means you're finding that real true kind of value on your punts. Anything outside of the square for the listeners, that outside of the box? Not mm-hmm. usually. Um, mm. Image keeper I got on top. I got it 4.30, so that's not far from where the market is now. Yep. It's kind of getting out a little bit. Michelle Marbell, which Scotty mentioned, I've got it uh, eleven dollars. It's it's getting out over that price, so I could uh, I could spec that if I was playing the race. I'm not sure that I will, um, but nothing out of left field, no. And mm. a day hard for that actually, just all day. Yep. It's hard to find some value. There's yeah, it looks like there's like two, three, four chances. Yeah, in, in and the they fall away pretty quick after yeah. them. So yeah. the the Maddie at the end of the days or at the end of the um, <laughs> podcast is going to be hard to pick. <laughs> Yes, very much so. Uh, I reckon it might come in the races eight or nine of the day. But um, I thought, look, I I did a really, I thought I did a really good job by narrowing it, narrowing this fifteen horse field down to five winning chances. <laughs> so I sort of echoed a lot of what you guys were saying. Image Keeper, Fiery Water, Michelle Marbell, City Circle were, were all genuine winning hopes for me. But what I did do is I ended up thinking that this could be a good option for Lace Vinsky. Lace Vinsky has got, had a lot of um, opportunities, I should say, to win races for top trainer Simon A. Miller. You talk about the uh, Martin Allen allegiance. Yeah. I think we've got a Steve Wolf allegiance going on here. Well, well. yeah, no, this horse has had two uh, two runs for Wolfie. He was okay first up at 
Albany in a uh, in a heat of the Sky Racing Series. And then I thought his last start third to City Circle was really good. He was three wide, no cover the entire on a day that suited leaders and the day that suited um, horses closer to the fence. He was one horse who de- defied the pattern of the day and really hit the line hard. That was City Circle first and Fiery Water second. So if you got those two in the market, then I believe you should have Lace Vinsky in contention as well, especially from from gate three, third up rising to 1,200 metres. This horse just is just doesn't win. He's won two from 22, promised a lot when he was with Simon A, uh, delivered an atlas, really. And um, he, um, but I thought the change of scenery, uh, Steve Wolf might be able to extract a, a win out of him. Been set for the race. Just is going to Sean McGrady has a has a knack of being able to bounce these horses out and put him in the put him in the right spot. I think he's going to be somewhere in the first four or five in running. Um, if he if he can improve off that, say he's been beaten two and a half length City Circle and um, Fiery Water last start. If he can if he can come forward off that with a better draw and a more suitable distance, he's. He's been placed five times from eight starts over the Ascot 1200 metres. If he can, if he can elevate off that, then I believe he's going to be in the finish, and I believe he's probably going to get squeezed out in the on the Betfair Exchange late. I look, I, I marked him 750. Uh, my favourite was Image Keeper four dollars, and I'd Fiery Water and Lacewinski equal second favourite 750. I'm I'm expecting almost double that Lacewinski on the day, and I just thought that he could be the the value runner for for me, and I've gone pretty much favourites heavy all day and Lace Vinsky could be the value runner and probably the, one of the harder handicaps you know, you'll come across is just yeah I think that from the draw um, third up should get every opportunity and um, that was the way I went Lace Vinsky on top image keeper the hardest to beat I think Fiery Water uh, bounced out he's, he's probably going to be ready to produce a peak performance third up as well Adam Durant we've spoken a lot about Durant on this uh, this edition of the 1-1 feel as though his horses are in the zone at the moment so Fiery Water is going to going to run a big race and uh, and Michelle Mabel for Wendy Miller and Dashing Dan Miller uh, sat three wide the entire and, and still won defeated Captain Burglar quite strong with Pike on um, has to be a, a winning chance dropping to 54 kgs in the West Speed final on Saturday Things are race, you can almost make a case for anything. And mm. um, as you said, if you do like something at odds, you could probably wait late for Betfair and get a, a nice big price because it's certainly an open race. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, if we were allowed at the races on Saturday, I reckon if you bumped into 15 people, they'd give you 15 different yeah. responses for this for this particular race. But uh, but yeah, so um, if you can, if you're one of our listeners who can, who can actually find the winner, uh, of the West Speed Series Final, then you are doing a tremendous job. All right. Scotty McCormack, what time is it, mate? Uh, it is time for the Get Out Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S. Very, very good. Scotty. Hail education right there. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> thanks, Scotty. The extremely popular Get Out Stakes is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. Located on Bannister Road at the Canningvale Markets, Timmy Hewitt, good man. Him and his, him and his team run the show out there at uh, Market City. Drop in, say good day, let him know you are a one-one listener. Congratulations to episode seventy-three, Get Out Stakes winner Brenton Moore. That is uh, Maury's second victory in the Get Out Stakes. Good racing man, owned a heap of horses. He's heavily involved with the WA Racehorse Owners Association, Wairoa. So he's a good WA racing man, Brenton, and he got rewarded with a second triumph in the Get Out Stakes, courtesy of Tim Snip. Last Saturday was Tim Snip a rough result. 
for McCormick and Son bookmaking well, last week? This one had gone for a walk by that stage. <laughs> so Marachino had won the previous and I was out of there. And I would have laid it. I would have laid Tinsnip yeah. as well. So it saved me money in that regard. Uh, yeah, so Maury was bang on the money there with uh, with his Tinsnip selection. So to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, please hit us up on Twitter at The11Pod, who you think will win race nine of the day at Ascot this Saturday and a decimal winning margin. Remembering the sound white rule, Scotty. First in, best dressed. First in, best dressed, correct. So the get out stakes, race nine is uh good uh, luck. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you get the money in the stakes and you've thoroughly deserved it. This is the events at Ascot Handicap, rating 66 plus. 1,400 metres, a full field of 16 at the moment to face the starter. Uh, I imagine that the uh, the McCormick's favourite uh, would have been at long odds um, in in this race. What was, the, what was the shortest you guys could get one in the get-out? I got one 5.50, which is more than double that price. So the race is a raffle, but I'm quite happy to buy a ticket. Uh, Caragini Aurora is the way I'm going to go. It's a promising horse It's shown... Really good form in previous campaigns. Last time in over early early in the Ascot season, it just lost all form. But the trial that it showed the other day, I thought it was a super trial. It looks to me like it's like it's back. Um, summer's got it going very well. I'm willing to uh, take a risk on it first up. Thirteen dollars, I can see. I think that's more than more than fair. So you know what is a really really tough race. I'm willing to back in Carrigini Aurora first up. Yeah, in that trial, it sort of pulled ground off uh, timely outburst, didn't it? Late and timely outburst pretty much walked in at yeah, Ascot yesterday. More than pulled ground off, but mm. I just thought it did it under no pressure at all mm. and really could have challenged the, that horse if it chose to. I mean, Carrigini's best form is around KC and Labour or mm. those horses. Those three-year-old races, yeah. yeah. And yep. Summer Dixon was very bullish about um, about her chances then too. She gave some big wraps on it yeah i think um, she went around the rack and tour belmont guineas belmont yeah, Rose, those sorts of yeah. races so, and ran well too yeah obviously things didn't go to plan last prep but that i agree with pete that that trial suggests that summer has carried in your right back on track what what are you what are you thinking i know this isn't really um uh something that you consider tre- tremendously people what are you expecting from 12 brad parnham tactically not really sure. Mm. Um, obviously, it's going to be back in the field. Um, three deep with cover would probably be a good result, I think. Um, yep. Brad's one of the, the best going around, and I'm willing to back him in. Yeah, I mean, like Kelvin Leeds, yeah, Scotty? Oh, uh, you would think so, but that's one of the hardest horses to pick where mm. it's um, where, Where's Kelvin at? Where yeah. he's at. Yeah. So it was good first up at the start of last, last yep. prep. Had a trial coming into it. So for me, I kind of used a rate, that first up rating – taking off a little bit for the no trial. So was that the 24th October run where he yeah. ran third to MTA? MTA yeah. And then I don't know what's happened after that, yeah. but um, he's he's just fallen away straight away and, yeah, put up some very average kind of performances. And I know I backed him for quite a few of those. Yeah. So um, it's just it's super hard to place Kelvin, but I found myself this race myself personally hard to – to rate because my favourite was nine dollars fifty. To 80%, <laughs> that's the eighty percent. But who was it, by the way? It was um, Star Align, mm. and I don't like that it is because if we're questioning Caragini Aurora from Barrier Twelve, Star Align's um, drawn Barrier Fourteen. Probably going to be following Caragini um, Aurora, yeah. But from memory, there wasn't a whole lot of speed, so I think Kelvin can push forward and. 
It wouldn't surprise me to see Starline maybe push forward and slot into the 1-1. One, one. Oh, ambitious. <laughs> I'm trying to do a BJ Ryan here and jam in Starline to the 1-1. One, one. Very good. Very good. Um, um, not confident on that though. Yeah. But. What else you got in your, in your mind? <laughs> um, well, having that $9.50, I've got oh, heaps. State Attorney, Kelvin, So War a Chance, Wild Fusion. Um Mini, well, I've got Mini Winnie, but let's, I can't. T- let's t- touch on Mini Winnie. Yeah. Currently $5, roughly $5 across the board. Open $6.50 with Brad Bet this morning. Um, what's your take on Mini Winnie, Pete? We didn't touch on her from a price point of view. Yeah, she's flying at the moment. Yeah. Um, I was actually on her, both the Bunbury wins. Did you follow uh, up last night? No. No. No, I, I, I didn't. I, I was all over Billy Ain't Silly last night, I yeah. think. So not on her last night, but she well, cheering for it on the book. She, she she ran a tremendous race, I thought. You were cheering for? Mini Winnie. Yeah. Because like we, it was a skinner. Um, <laughs> Beer Lancing wasn't a bad result, but Mini Winnie was a was a skinner. Yeah. And gave us gave uh, Billy a bit of a scare sure did. at the 200, I thought. So she's going super, no doubt. But yeah. um, for me, the, the price is just too short. Yeah. What, what's a very, very open race? Well, big fields create tempo. So I imagine Kelvin and horses like Kelvin, Great Charade, Wild Fusion, I like the way that they've been riding Mini Winnie a lot more positive lately. Mitchie Pateman did a tremendous job to get into the 1-1 uh, after working for Actually did quite a bit of work to to get there um, and then had that big crack at Billy Ain't Silly but just fell. Looked as though, do you reckon it hit the front? Looked as though it did for a stride, but I don't know if it did. Um, D-Mac gets it, a bit carried away yeah. when he calls these horses going to the front. And I think he does it for a bit of the drama. Bit of theatre. Yeah. yeah. So then you can have the other horse fighting back. And then, yeah. But yeah. oftentimes these horses don't even head them. Yeah. Like, Mini yeah. when he certainly got close, but yeah. certainly there was no way Billy was ever done. Yeah. You know, and he was kind of pulling it that way a bit. Yeah. So Billy, yeah. So there was, I think it was a neck margin on the line. And I mean, what price would Billy actually be in this particular race? I mean, so I imagine he would be pretty firm. Uh, so the fact that uh, Mini Winnie was able to serve it up to Billy Ain't Silly last start, get within a neck. I think Tin Snip ran third in that race, and Tin Snip come out and won the on the Get Out Stakes last Saturday. So there's a bit bit, bit of reference points to work with there. Drops to fifty five point five as well. Uh, but yeah, so Kelvin goes forward. Great Charade goes forward. I think Wild Fusion will go forward, and I think Mini Winnie will go forward again. But again, these um there's these big fields create some um, some uh, create pressure and they create speed and um, and hopefully the, the field opens up so horses such as Caragini Aurora and, and those sorts of can find cover from from their wide draws. But for me, I just feel as though if 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 Minnie Winnie is going to roll forward, if Jamie Norts can able to get her to begin and roll forward and the field stretches it as as I believe it should, the fact that that horse was able to absorb. The, the pressure of that Billy Hank Silly race and still still run as well as it did. Um, coming off two high rating Bunbury performances as well. This horse is flying 55 and a half. I reckon it gets to the map. It's going to be really hard to beat. Is the price there? Let me check my figures. Probably not for mine. I had it 550 the field. So I was 550 mini winnie, $8 Sowar and $8 Wild Fusion. They were the they were the three that I really wanted to look at. At the moment, uh Wild Fusion is around the $13 and Sowar is around the $10. So they are more value rather than as opposed to my on top selection mini winnie. But again, uh like Scotty, I can make a case for State Attorney. Only other run at the Ascot 1400 meters ran second to dig deep. That's good form. Loves low draws. Um, Backing in Lacta. 
Lactar, we're positive Lactar. Positive Lactar this race. Yeah, Raul's Romoli. I reckon he's going to just track the fence and try and get one last crack at them. And um, yeah, again, it's it's just one of those races with with a heap of possibilities. Uh, more often than not, I reckon Mini Winnie wins this race. The price just isn't there for me. So maybe late on the exchange, we m- might be able to get that 550 that I'm looking for. But if you're talking value, right at this present moment in time, they come in the form of So War, resuming from a freshen, gate one. Uh, I'll actually like this horse fresh over 1,400 metres. I reckon he can he can have that bit of a burst, that turn of foot, especially from gate one, doesn't have to get back to last. And uh, Wild Fusion, desperate, uh, desperately unlucky not to have won one this prep. Chris Parnham sticks. Like that mid prep trial at Albany on Monday, just had a nice little breeze up there. Think he's going to get a good run first four, five, and running, and he's going to give it a shake as well. Yeah, and even Sluice Box down the bottom. Um, I know he was nominated either last week or the week before and was scratched. I was pretty keen on it. Chris Parnham was on to ride and don't know why they scratched. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah, then, but I mean, Peter Nucky goes on now, who's obviously not Chris Parnham, but it's just another one with a chance. and um, in the same way, I think I agree with Dad with Karajeni Aurora. If um, if she comes with her best three-year-old form, I think she could win it pretty pretty easily. But oh, I found this race impossible. Mm-hmm. Again, if you if you're looking to to bet, my my suggestion would late late on the bet for exchange, but not too late, so you don't take it. Uh, so you don't take um, advantage of the uh, the new initiative coming starting on May 1, where if you bet earlier, you get a reduction in your commission rates. And remembering that as of Saturday, it is 6% commission reduced from 8%. That's a 25% reduction for all Betfair customers. So uh, don't bet hard or bet smarter at Betfair. That's betfair.com.au. Okay, gents, it is time for our Betfair best betting proposition of the day. It's West Speed Series final day at Ascot on Saturday, the 1st of May. Pete McCormick, who is your Betfair best? I'm going to make it a bracket selection, BJ. Both horses kind of come with a similar profile insofar as they're both extremely talented horses, but they're first up and there's question marks over them. And because of that, you're getting rewarded with price on both, I believe. Um, I'm going race seven, this will test you, and race nine, Caragini Aurora. Very good. Scotty, your best Betfair best. Race for Black Shadow. Um, pretty confident it goes very close and you're getting each way. Yeah, Black Shadow was in the mix for me as well. I'm going to stick with the smallest field of the day, uh, six-horse field. I think the uh, the 280, Vedette to Star, isn't too bad. I'm going to lock in Vedette to Star. Hopefully she can settle that length or so closer to Acromantula, get the last crack at him and launching over the top of, of them. I think she's a... Pretty smart sprinting filly. Vedette to start is my bet their best. Okay, Maddie's a really challenging day to find a Maddie. We're looking at time of recording. We're looking for a $21. That's 20 to 1, Terry, in the old. Um, so uh, trying to find one is a challenge on a Thursday morning. But uh, let's see what our bookmaking friends can do. Pete McCormick, what is your Maddie of the day? Yeah, didn't find a lot around that price range, but in race two, the bottom weight, I just like the trial, born to be lucky. Mm-hmm. Also like the breeding um, out of uh, Born Princess, which is uh, I think out of Born Priceless, which won a character for, uh, for the Yarradale stud, I think, stood the stallion pricelessly at the time. So I like the breeding. It's just the horse I'm a little bit interested in and I like the trials so for $26 each way about that one. Born to be lucky, race Two of the day, Scott McCormick. What's um, your also going into race two, and it's one I actually didn't touch on when we're talking about it, and it's one oh, I'm not really a Lisa Staples fan, but gorgeous gossip. I actually had rated ten dollars a punt, so it's thirty five, thirty six dollars in the market. So 
if he can find the front, you never know. Yeah, I agree. We had no luck the other day. Three or yeah. four wide punching. Um, might be able to cross and find the lead uh, potentially on Saturday. $34 is Scotty McCormick's Maddie of the day. I'm going to go to the 1,800-meter race, which is race five. I think this is a bit more open than it looks. At the moment, off we go as the 272.90 favorite, but I think a horse like Uncle Lino provides value. He's currently $23, um, best available. He does his best work rolling along out in front. Uh, one at Pinjarra two starts ago, wasn't far away in uh, in a race that included, that's funny as in Cockney Crew, uh, among others, last, uh, Friaresque I think was in the race, last start. So this is an easier option. Does have 60 kilos to contend with, but Uncle Lino at $23, he can be my Maddie of the day. That was my uh, runner-up Maddie. So okay. I was tossing up between Gorgeous Gossip and Uncle Lino. Lino. Yeah. So I think it's Uncle Lino. I think it's Uncle named Lino. after an Uncle Lionel, perhaps, and uh, becomes Uncle Lionel. Uncle Lino. We'll get get that get that right <laughs> eventually. Uh, a bit like Nerodio and Nerodio. Now, uh, Pete McCormick, what is your Betfair lay of the day? I don't have one that I'm actually salivating at today, but um, if this little texture turns up. I don't think there's a lot of value around Miss Conteki at 220 or so. Um, as Scotty said earlier, we like horses that are winners, and this horse is certainly a winner, six out of seven. So um, it's difficult to take on a horse with that kind of win rate. But at 220, with with it's a great race, and uh, that's pretty short for any horse to be in that race, I think. Scotty. So one of my big rules in punting is, um, and as Dad, I think, alluded to before, is Adam Durant in staying races. Um Normally you back them, try and, stay, try and stay clear of laying them, but I'm going to take on treat yourself as my lay of the day. I, for my, on my prices, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. um, so I could give a couple more as well, actually. So Miss Kentucky is a big lay for me too. Um, I think just from Barry one could get a bit too far back and be coming too late um, in the finish. So both my well, one's 290, one's 220. I'm happy to take both of them on. Okay. I'm going to take on Billy Ray. I just want to see him do it. I think that that 260, I, I, I thought he was more of a, for me to play, it was more of a $4 chance. Um, just the fact that he hasn't done it yet, still learning the caper. He's going to uh, drift back, I believe, from, from gate forward, probably going to need the field to open up. It isn't a strong field, um, so I can see why he sort of drifted into to that particular price. But I'm going to take him on, 260, Billy Ray. He's my lay of the day. Can't run straight either. Can't run straight. <laughs> <laughs> cannot run straight yeah so chris Barnum will have his hands full but obvious horse for talent but i think it could be a touch risky at that particular price all right that brings uh, episode 74 of the one one your west australian racing podcast to an end big thanks to pete and scott mccormick mccormick and sons bookmakers uh obviously um all the best for the new business venture guys and hopefully we can we get an announcement in the coming days that we can return to the racetrack soon and or everyone can come out and start punting with you guys face-to-face -face on course, which would be great. Hopefully soon. Yeah, thanks, BJ. Yeah, thanks, BJ. And hopefully we see everyone, all the One One podcast followers out there on track. That would be great. So, yeah, good luck to everyone who is playing at Ascot on Saturday. Don't forget, it's uh, Northern Sprint Day, an absolute belter of a race on Sunday. So plenty of WA racing to devour. Uh, gamble responsibly. Big thanks to our producer, Jen, and to my father, Bernie Ryan, for allowing us to record at his premises today. And uh, until next week on the One One.